Did Doritos pay for this glowing endorsement? Yes. And if they did, did they expect it to be from Hiram? <laughs> Probably not. Like, were they like, hey, put Doritos in your show? And they were like, sure. And Doritos was like, nice. I hope it's Jughead who loves food. And said they were like, let's give it to Hiram, who everyone hates. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I am a 25-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact for this episode is what is your favorite flavor of Dorito? Because Hiram was just just straight up crunching on Doritos this this episode. Like the product placement hasn't been yeah. that obvious since like season one. Doritos got their I, coin. I know that we literally just started the podcast, but I have to make this point already. I just love how much they are finally leaning in to the comedy of Hiram. Yes. yes. He was so funny this episode and he was funny last episode. I'm just, I'm a big fan. But um, (laughs) in regards to Doritos, I wish I wasn't going first because my favorite flavor of Dorito is the original nacho flavor. I'm so sorry that I'm boring. That's not boring. That's not boring. There's no, there, I was, I have a different flavor to say personally, but I was going to mention original nacho if no one else did. Because like sometimes you just crave the original nacho yeah Yeah. it's a classic for a reason yeah i like to spice up my um my answer a little bit uh for a while i really liked dipping original doritos in melted chocolate oh wow i recommend you you check it out it's um it's just like one of those like weird food combinations you know like everyone has like a weird food combination mine was always doritos and chocolate um i recommend it cheese ones yeah all right. I I didn't expect this from you. Like the salty and sweet goes really well together like that. So I am I've, fascinated. I've definitely done ch- like potato chips and chocolate, but I've never done mm-hmm. Doritos and chocolate. I would like to try yeah. it. Yeah. So to spice up my answer, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 31-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And um, I have the same answer as Robin. I love a good classic moment and I like the original. I respect you. Thanks to, also thanks to Dave for uh, recommending this fun fact. Yeah, he solved us so much work. If everyone else can just like start recommending fun facts, that'd be great because we struggled to think of them. Yeah, we've done so many at this point that we're like not sure ever what to do because it feels redundant uh, sometimes what Mm -hmm. we come up with on our own. I mean, we're only uh, so interesting as people, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, feel free to send one in and thank you, Dave, for this question. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 28-year-old television critic. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. My favorite Dorito flavor is Cool Ranch. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's also like a super classic, like good answer. Yeah, it's like, yeah. in my head, those are like the two Dorito, fla- like the original two. Are there like everything Dorito flavors? Everything else is like a spinoff of those two. Mm-hmm. But like, are there others? There, there are. There are right? tons of others. Oh yeah, for sure. There's like sweet chili and like taki flavor. Taki! And like jalapeno popper. And I looked up a bunch. There's spicy nacho, salsa verde. Spicy nacho. Now you have my attention. Uh, the spicy <laughs> t- sweet chili is uh, really popular too. 
I love something so spicy that it makes my nose run. I would try the spicy sweet chili. I, I can't I can't support you in this. Um, <laughs> however, I, I do have to say, I, I think that I've literally only ever tried original and Cool Ranch. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know if I've ever tried a different one. Like literally same. Mm-hmm. There's one just called taco flavor in a retro bag. I'd eat that. Ooh, actually, I'm interested in that one. <laughs> yeah, I'd eat that. I do, I do want to say also that this is the uh, very last podcast that we're putting out in which I... I say that I'm 25 um, because in in this little small one week hiatus that we are going to be having right before a giant hiatus that we got news of this week mm-hmm. uh, is my birthday. And I know I said this at the end of last week's episode, but I just wanted to say thank you to Riverdale. It feels like they did a, this specifically for me. Um, I was going to have to edit a podcast on my birthday, and I'm just really happy that I just get to sit and watch Night at the Museum 2 instead. Nice. I love that for you. I, that's you the know? perfect birthday. Yeah. Watching it at the Museum 2. I recommend it to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> just in general. Yeah. Today we have words to say about episode 506 of Riverdale, Back to School. So Back to School is a 1986 American comedy film. Um, the plot centers on a wealthy but uneducated father who goes to college to show solidarity with his discouraged son, Jason, and learns that he cannot buy an education or happiness. That sounds Classic. wholesome as hell. Yeah. Sounds, uh... <laughs> as you said at the end of last week's podcast, Brittany... Can you tell that I just finished listening to last week's podcast? Uh, you said, sounds like lessons were learned. And I just feel like that's true. <laughs> I just, I feel like I'm a visionary, you know? Like, I feel yeah. like I'm so smart. So we actually have multiple thoughts from listeners for this episode. I love those listeners. Let's let's hear their yeah. thoughts. So um, number one is, of course, Dave, who insists on DMing me to tell me things that I should have known but don't. <laughs> and I... I deeply... I love him. He's a king. I deeply appreciate it. It's every single time I get a DM from him about this, I'm just like, thank oh, God someone knows what they're talking about. Exactly. It, it, he is he's truly our fourth brain. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you to, uh, to Dave. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> so Gecko, the last name Gecko. First, okay, sorry. Sorry. <clears throat> Both Dave and the other person who sent in thoughts from listeners uh, basically made me look like an idiot for um, yelling about the name Gecko and also yelling about the name Glenn. Told you. So... <laughs> Turns out both of them are important. Oops. Why? You'll see. Okay. So um, Dave said that the last name Gecko is a shout, shout out to Gordon Gecko, who's from Wall Street. <gasps> oh. And I said that I'm going to blame Brittany for that one because I don't know anything about Wall Street. Yeah, I should have known that one too. That makes... That makes sense. I just also d- have not watched or educated myself on Wall Street no. in general. Wall Street the yes. movie. I know. I'm saying I haven't watched the movie or educated myself oh, on Wall Street. Oh, it's a great movie. I think, first of all, Gordon Gecko is in itself an alliteration, which I appreciate. But Gordon Gecko sounds way better than Chadwick. Chadwick Gecko, which is, like I said, hard to say. And so is Veronica. You couldn't have picked any other any other name. Another one that also had significance. That would be nice. Like, if you wanted him to sound like a jerk, you could have just named him, like, Brad Gecko. They named him yeah. Chad. What more could they do? Well, they named him mm-hmm. Chadwick. Yeah. The problem is the wit. But Chadwick Kagecko. Kagecko. Bad. Um, and then lastly, from Dave, that TBK, they're specifically calling the trash bag killer TBK. Yes. And it turns out that they called him trash bag killer to basically use tbk as an uh as a alliteration as or as an initialism initial. because it's a reference to the btk killer who that dennis 
Dennis Rader is the BTK killer. Oh, God, he's a Pisces. You know how many freaking... John Wayne Gacy was a Pisces. There's a lot of serial killers who are Pisces, and I'm embarrassed. Okay, but to be fair, most Mm -hmm. serial killers, like I saw a chart of them, are Virgos, Scorpios, and Geminis. I don't... Who do you live with? What kind of Scorpio (laughs) slander is this? Okay, but they are. Though. I think Pisces is more higher than Sc- Hiram Lodge is a Scorpio. <laughs> than Scorpios. Why is everyone dunking on Scorpios? We had one second to dunk on Pisces for just a moment, <laughs> and you come for my life like that. You know what's amazing is you took this. She also dunked on Gemini's and Virgos. Yeah, you took this personally, despite the fact that I just named two other astrology signs, <laughs> which happened to be my own and Emily's. So our entire apartment is full of serial killer signs. But you thought. This is an attack against Sam personally. <laughs> yeah, but Scorpios and Geminis get unfairly slandered, whereas Pisces and Virgos are like stealth, like serial Just killers. Just superior Literally signs. serial killers. Correct. Which is why they become, which is why, here's the thing though, is that the Pisces serial killers are the ones that keep getting caught. <laughs> you busted. I'm sure there are several serial killers of other astrology signs who don't get caught. And you know what the thing is? We don't have to worry at all because most serial killers are men. Oh, and yeah. we, none of us are men. That's so true, including Dennis Rader, who is known as the BTK killer. So BTK stands for Bind, Torture, Kill. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. So cute. Mm-hmm. Between 1974 and 1991, he killed 10 people in Wichita and Park City, Kansas, and sent taunting letters to police and newspapers describing the details of his crimes. After a decade-long hiatus, he resumed sending letters in 2004, leading to his 2005 arrest. You fricked up, Dennis. Hello? Did he not watch CSI? Our crime-solving skills have gotten much better. Yeah, don't come back, you clown. And subsequent guilty plea. No, sorry, Sam. That's John Wayne Gacy. Oh, you're so right. He's the clown. So right. (laughs) My bad. So yeah, he was the bind, torture, kill, or BTK strangler, which means that TBK is definitely a reference to that. All right. Well, that makes sense. And I feel like they literally were like, okay, let's make a reference to the BTK killer and so what can, let's, um... What versions of this acronym can exactly. we use? And what can we fill to fit it? Yeah, exactly. What makes it Riverdale-y? Ugh, trash bags. <laughs> trash bags. So thanks to Dave for sending those in. Please continue to do so. Sorry we don't catch it the first time, to be honest. Honestly, we can I, only be so smart in a day. I did extra research this time to hopefully catch as much as I possibly could this time. <laughs> Incredible. But Dave is at 1701 Trekkie, if you guys want to follow him. And we also got a long DM from our friend Kat. Hi, Kat! Thank you, Kat. We love you, Kat. So Kat is at M squared on Twitter. And this is what she wrote. Hello, I'm a listener with thoughts. <laughs> oh my God, no way. I love your thoughts. Now about Riverdale. But please be kind because I did not catch up. I just went straight from seeing season two a long time ago to watching 504 and 505 plus podcast. I I respect you. I respect that. That's totally fair. One, I have no support for this, but it feels like Veronica's accident being in a helicopter is some weird nod to Kobe Bryant. That doesn't impact the show. And again, no resources to support this. Just seems like a weird thing to throw in about a helicopter accident after having a very well-known helicopter crash last year. Right? Completely. Before I think they wrote any of this season, though really if it's any weirder than fighting a bear, probably not. I was literally going to mention that last podcast and then I was like, am I crazy for this? No, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I didn't, you know, I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, is it in bad taste what they're doing? Um, almost always. Yeah, Yeah, I can't tell. Yeah, I had the same thought, Kat. Um, the next thing she said was, I can't be 100% that this is always the case, but just to point out, I'm pretty sure every high school program 
is a J-R-O-T-C, junior R-O-T-C. Yes, <gasps> he is. she is correct. And collegiate programs are R-O-T-C programs. I did A-F-J-R-O-T-C, Air Force Junior R-O-T-C, and it's largely just a leadership training thing that at least where I grew up could count as your gym credit, which happens this episode. Oh my gosh, that works out. Oh my God. Yeah, that's uh, that's how it was where I grew up as well. Mm-hmm. Also, I think that's so cool that you did Air Force ROTC. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's deeply cool. And it was usually taught by retired military officers of various ranks. Agreed. I know ROTC probably sounds better to them than saying RJROTC, <laughs> which uh, wouldn't even be because most JROTC have the initials in front of whatever specific military program they're using as their training basis. But that seems like way too much research for road for Riverdale. Exactly. Archie was in the army, so I think that they just used JROTC instead of AJROTC. Either way, I've never known schools to put extra letters in front of what is already a lot of letters. Other very other experiences may vary. Yeah, and when I was in high school, I didn't take ROTC, but um, it was definitely called JROTC, and it was also definitely taught by uh, a former like mm-hmm. person who had been in the military. Right. We did not have that. Me, yeah, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> it's, it's a, I'm sure it's an American thing. That yeah. makes sense. Because we have a weird obsession with the military. <laughs> that also makes sense. Three, I don't like the idea of one of the serpents being the bad guy, but it's interesting that we have a truck driver abducting people and we just learned that the serpents are driving trucks for cash. I don't think it's a serpent because Betty talks about a transient killer to Glenn in her first scene of 504. And in all those places, those women were murdered. But if people are going missing in Riverdale and it's discovered to be someone who drives a truck, I wonder if it's something Hiram might try to pin on the serpents. Ooh. Oh my God, duh. That makes yeah. sense. Hiram would because he's such a thing that I can't say on a censored podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're catching all these details too, like that between the episodes that connect because once I've watched it, it's gone from my brain. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Once I've podcasted about it, I'm like, what? File delete. <laughs> that falls straight out of my little noggin. And then speaking of Glenn, she's going to tell me to stop complaining about Glenn, basically. Oh. Glenn is the name of the actor who played Jack Crawford, Clarice Starling's boss in Silence of the Lambs. Oh. No idea if that's a nod to him or just terrible name choices. Possibly both. Probably both. And I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah. And she says she does not trust Glenn. Oh. <gasps> Ooh, I like this. Could be, she said, could be the Kane 2.0 thing, which we talked about Mm -hmm. uh, two episodes ago about how this man wronged us, but I don't blame him at all. Through no fault of his own. Please, sir, our trauma. (laughs) I felt like he kept pushing Betty away from researching TBK, which was on brand with a different Silence of the Lambs character, Paul Krendler. Krendler was jealous of Starling for catching Buffalo Bill when she was still a trainee, and he became her direct supervisor in the next book, who actively tried to sabotage her career. He also disliked her because when Krendler made a pass at her, Starling told him to go home to his wife. I don't know. I'd be happy for Glenn to be a good guy and for me to be wrong. I think Grayson Holt deserves to have a role in the CW where the fans like him, but I'm suspicious. Yeah. Okay. So now that you've said that, that's definitely what's going to happen because these writers have never met an idea they didn't want to steal. Also, that's definitely the um, the reference that they're making. Thank you so much for catching that. I, I, she's so much smarter than we are. I love her. Kat has the best thoughts. I I really want Glenn to be nice. And I think we're putting a lot of thought into Glenn, to be honest. <laughs> like maybe too much thought? Like we, he hasn't even been, he hasn't even been mentioned since we saw him in 504. Although it would be convenient if Glenn is part of the like bad guy arena 
Because um, right. that's because how they show just met it. him. And right now we're like, oh, he's sweet. Mm-hmm. Could be bad. Could be a Charles situation. Oh, Charles. Hey, but like literally this show loves to introduce someone. They disappear for like 30 episodes and then they're like, oh, and then they, they come the back. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting here like, I fall for it every time. I really do. Why does this happen to me? Because it entertains me. It does. And then lastly, Kat said, there was also a literary brat pack of authors in the 80s, some of whom had books made into movies. Brett Easton Ellis is one of those authors, and he wrote American Psycho and Less Than Zero, which were made into movies. He also wrote a book called The Rules of Attraction, so I'm guessing Cora's book is a nod to that. I haven't read works from all of them, but I know some of the works deal with coming of age, early to mid-20s, sex and drugs and alcohol, finding your way type stories. Probably not going to be relevant to future plots, but just handy info to have. Less Than Zero is the movie that made Robert Downey Jr.'s career. Wow. Kat is so smart. Like Brett Easton Ellis. Oh, boy. Don't bring up Brett. Robin will just cry. Robin, Robin, when she sees anyone named Brett, you deserved better, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brett. The random Brett's like, what? No, he didn't even deserve better. I just feel bad. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he really didn't. He deserved exactly what he got. And also the book being called The Rules of Attraction and Cora's book being called The Rules of Distraction are very funny. Mm-hmm. So then Katja said, that's it. Thanks for all the content. Big fan of all your works. I love her. I'm a big fan of your works, Kat. Yeah. Kat, I'm a big fan of you. <laughs> so true, queen. So um, thank you to um, Dave and Kat for sending in their thoughts. Um, if you guys want to send in your thoughts, they both DM'd us on Twitter, so you can do that if you want. Or um, our email is aficionadospodcast at gmail.com. Um, feel free to send in your thoughts. We would appreciate them. We sure would. And then we're going to do toot or boot. So uh, <laughs> I can't wait to hear about this. Brittany, would you like to toot or boot? Toot. You're going to toot it? Yes, I yeah. was extremely entertained by this episode. Oh my God. Well, la- maybe it's because we didn't watch it together, but last night you were like, this is horrible. And I was like, oh no, she's going to boot it. I mean, if I could boot one thing in the entirety of forever, <laughs> I would scoot that shallow cover until the end of time, but we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> but everything yeah. else was very entertaining. Yeah. I'm also going to give it a toot. Uh, we had a, a romp and good time watching it. It was so stupid but it was so fun yeah it's a it's a toot from me but if i ever have to watch that shallow scene again i will gouge my eyes out yeah Mm -hmm. i think that part of the reason why you guys liked it so much is because you were together Mm. i was alone i'm so sorry and i think this was the first time that i watched a riverdale episode by myself for the very first time in i gotta say like seasons oh yeah because like even when we haven't been there emily's been there but she's had she had to work emily or my sister callie lived with us Mm, for a little bit so sometimes she would also watch it with me and then before even before i moved here my mom would watch them with me so this was like the first time that I watched one all by myself in, yeah, like seasons. And um, watching it all by yourself is like, why am I here? Illuminating. Riverdale really <laughs> is kind of a group experience sort of yeah. uh, situation. Well, because yeah. you got a group dunk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's so fun is like getting to talk about how dumb it is in the moment. Um, but when you're all by yourself, you have to be like, I- I'm really choosing to do this. <laughs> yeah, you really got to think I'm about your life of my own volition. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting there during the shallow cover just with my head in my hands, like, I'm choosing to be here. Like, I thought, vol- <laughs> not only do you choose to be here, but then you choose to spend even more time on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's a lot. So, so I'm still going to, I think I'm still going to toot it, but it's like just on the cusp of Newt. I respect that. Yeah, I don't know. I like watching it, I was like, yikes. 
<laughs> Honestly, I, I enjoyed it as much or more than last week. Yeah. What? Oh my gosh. I thought this new direction yeah. is just so refreshing. Yeah. It's because it's because I was by myself. It's definitely because I was by myself. It is because you're by yourself. Because I was like, how? Like, I just like straight up didn't enjoy watching it as much because I, because I was by myself. Like, that's yeah. definitely what happened. Yeah. The experience changed. Yeah. Yeah. We also watched it at like one in the morning. Yeah. So we were also a bit delirious oh. it was, like, by the time extra we watched funny. it. funny. Like uh, it was extra stupid. Because we our our um we didn't have an HDMI cord to work down in our room, uh unfortunately. Mm. So we just decided screw it, we'll wait till Netflix because I went and searched every floor for an HDMI cord that wasn't plugged into something and could mm-hmm. not find one. Yes, my deepest apologies to the <laughs> Americans who do not have the Netflix Canada privilege of getting the episode put on Netflix at midnight our time. Yeah. Uh-huh. The minute it air, you know, the day the it day airs. It airs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we just waited till it went up on uh, on Netflix and watched it at 1am. I really recommend watching Riverdale when it's late because it's extra stupid. Mm-hmm. Could not, could not recommend it more. Just <laughs> be a little bit delirious and do it with your friends and you're going to have a good time. Like here's No matter how absolutely incident. stupid the episode is. Like here's how to enjoy Riverdale. You have to be slightly drunk. <laughs> Speaking of doing it with your friends, let's talk about this episode. <laughs> and that's a segue. That's an that's a hell of a segue. Mama. All right. Unfortunately, we had to do this chronologically again. <laughs> I think it's more fun to do it storyline by storyline, but mm-hmm. yeah, like they just like they're very interconnected and it's kind of impossible right now. We should actually kind of we should ask people who only listen to this and don't watch the show which one is easier to follow. Yeah, what's easier right. for you guys if we just go like through the episode in order that it happened or when we like break it down by like groups of people? So Mm -hmm. tell us what you want. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. But so yeah, part one, I think Sam did because a certain scene was in it. (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) Why, yes, I did. It's the night before the first day of school and Archie and Jughead are getting ready. Jughead sits on the couch reading of Mice and Men because it's what his students were assigned to read over the summer. He kind of thinks it's lame, though. The next morning, Kevin is ready to rush out the door, but Tony says that looking this good can't be rushed, and, well, she's right. She's worth the wait. Fang sends them off with a kiss and a smile, and I'm excited for them to reveal that Tony's just having this baby for the two of them. Yep. Everyone walks into school looking exactly the same age as their students, but now with pea coats and pencil skirts. <laughs> Uh, Veronica's economics class is very full because some students are auditing, apparently. Uh, Archie is teaching his five kids about the history of the military while dodging questions about his time in the war. And Betty- What war?! Betty leads the shop class in their central project of the semester, taking apart a 1954 crestline and putting it back together. She's also dodging questions, but this time about the Black Hood and- with a lot more sass than Archie. Meanwhile, Jughead's students just do not care that they're in English class at all. At Hiram Sleazy office, he and Reggie are having lunch from Subway and scheming to take down the school. Reggie thinks that they already won by unincorporating the town, but Hiram tells them that they need to stomp out all hope, like literally all of it. Reggie is a willing soldier ready to jump at Hiram's orders, which makes me sad, but Hiram is really pleased about it. Veronica considers buying Blue Velvet Video so she can turn it into a jewelry store because jewels that they can't afford is exactly what the people of Riverdale need. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Betty is still worried about Polly and Archie tries to give her a little comfort and a little distraction. And they realize that because they've started their little love affair in their hometown of Riverdale... Finding places to hook up is a little challenging. Later at Pops, Tabitha gives Jughead an opportunity to write because they have no customers. Uh, He asks if he can interview her for his book instead. 
We learned that she left a six-figure job in Chicago to come take care of the family business. Jughead asks why she would settle like that, and she explains that she doesn't see it as settling. She added the gas pump out front to get truckers to stop, and she has lots of ideas to expand and grow the business. Some kids from Riverdale interrupt them, and Jughead has to go serve them. They definitely clock that he's one of their new teachers. Oof. Back at the school, Betty and Archie are steaming up the classic car that she's got for her shop class. God. (laughs) Those kids have to work in there and y'all are going to get body fluids in it. I'm sure that they'll is clean terrible. it up. That's disgusting. Uh, they'll clean it up. They'll clean it up. It's quite the moment and all I've got to say is thank you for my Barchi crumbs. That's not crumbs. <laughs> um, I just read, they don't even take their, thank you for my Barchi feast. They don't even take their pants off. It's true. Yeah. So don't worry about their body fluids, Brittany. Okay, I won't. I try not to. <laughs> anyway, thank you for my Barchi feast. Here you go. Uh, they too are interrupted, but this time it's by the fire alarm, and it's not because of how hot they are, it's because someone literally uh, lit a fire in the school. Betty and Archie put the fire out and see some Stonewall kids fleeing the scene. Uh, wow, I just can't believe that Barchi Sex literally saved Riverdale. Wow. <laughs> the next morning, Archie tells Weatherby, Tony, and Sheriff Keller about the incident. Thank God he was night jogging. Um, <laughs> Keller says he can arrest them, but Hiram will have the kids out on bail. Plus, Stonewall's football team is the only thing that people have to root for anymore, so they can't really go after them. Archie pays Reggie a visit at Stonewall and confronts him about trying to burn down Riverdale. He punches him in the face and says he'll beat him up if he sends more boys to mess with the school again. (laughs) And he's ready to see the other kids on the football field because he's starting the team. At school, Jughead finds a tip jar on his desk and he's like, ha ha, very funny. And they're like, hey, aren't you a real writer? And he's like, next question. Can you even read? Pop quiz. (laughs) Veronica's teaching what I'm sure is an actually interesting class. And when her abusive ex-husband shows up, ex-husband. I win! (laughs) When her abusive husband shows up to spy on her because he can't stand that he can't control her. Archie asks Weatherby to let him bring the bulldogs back to Riverdale High and he says if he can get the money and the team, he'll happily let him restart football. In the teacher's lounge, Veronica introduces everyone to Chad and Tony invites them all to karaoke night at the White Worm. Archie definitely clocks that Chad is a scumbag on site. Tony approaches Betty about Polly and tells tells her some info that might be helpful in finding her. Apparently, girls in Riverdale use Ned's List to meet up with truckers and to sell sex and drugs to make a living, which is probably something that Polly is involved in. At Thornhill, Cheryl's construction guy says that if they don't get paid, his guys are going to quit. She promises a bonus for their patients and sends him away. She tells Nana that it's time for Operation Goldfinch because saving the school has dried up all her funds. She's going to try and sell fake paintings. Betty and Kevin hack the twin's laptop, which Polly uses for her trucker hookups, under the (laughs) alien- What the hell- what the hell, Polly? Under the alias Patty. <laughs> That's so terrible. I feel so- That sentence just really illuminated it's it all. Just... The parenting did not jump out. It's so bad. Her last contact was with Trucker Boy 69 That's my man! They arranged a meetup with him via her alias uh, to see if he knows what happened to her or if he's responsible for it. I love how much, like, Betty last episode was like, Hi, um, can I get my schedule? This is Polly. And now she's like, hi, this is Polly. Hi, this is Patty. Do you want to boink? She's finally living yeah. out her fantasies of becoming Polly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's the night before the first day of school. Like you said, um, Jughead's students were assigned of mice and men. And Jughead sure is reading this instead of Cora's book, which I'm sure is uh, uh, the um, deadline for that is coming up very soon. Oh, Jughead. I'm genuinely shocked that he didn't read of mice and men in high school himself yeah he should already have, have so read like it. i i mean i haven't read it but i like, haven't read it i i haven't either but like if his students were assigned it wouldn't is i feel like the 
curriculum of high schools, especially in small towns, doesn't change a lot over the years, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to the classics. Right. I mean, not to sound like myself, but it has of mice and men in the title. I can't say I'm overly interested in those two. In either of those things. You know? Yeah. Unless the men are my friends. And then, yeah, I like you. Yeah. However, are there any, like, stakes to reading Cora's book at all anymore? Because the only thing that she blackmailed him with was calling the debt collector guys, right? But Tabitha called them and told them that he has a job and he's sending them money, right? Yeah, I think there's no threat now and maybe that Cora will just fade out of existence. Oh my god. Uh, that's lame. I love like, I thought it. Like, I thought it would come back at first, but, like, they handled it with Tabitha, so they're just gonna scoop mm-hmm. right past it. I love when they yeah, just, like, put in random things that have no consequences and then, like, we remember them because we, you know, we pay attention. <laughs> and they're like, why do you pay attention to our show? Don't do that. <laughs> Don't look at the man behind the curtain. So clearly, if someone assigned that book, then somebody was an English teacher. So do you think that it was Mr. Cedars or Miss Crouton? Miss Crouton, Miss Crouton. I hope it was Miss Crouton. I'm like, I wonder what the other one taught because because clearly Kevin had beef with Miss Crouton and I want to know why. <laughs> What are, what are all the ones Kevin's teaching again? Because I would say one of them taught math, for sure. Okay, sure, yeah. Because, like, the things that everybody else is no um, teaching, teaching, so economics and shop and ROTC, unnecessary, you know? It's fine that those don't exist. Yeah, those are all, yeah, those are all um, electives, electives instead of, like, yeah. core classes. What's a core class? Never heard of it. Kev is teaching drama, debate, biology, gym, and sex ed. The only one of those that are not electives are biology sex ed and sex ed's not even a a whole yeah. class that's just a, a unit that's a a unit in biology right but they wanted to make archie giggle so okay sure <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) So Of Mice and Men is a novella written by John Steinbeck. It was published in 1937 and it narrates the experiences of George Milton and Lenny Small, two displaced migrant ranch workers who move from place to place in California in search of of new job opportunities during the Great Depression in the United States. All right. So probably a a slight reference to Archie and Jughead. Right. But it is often censored. It's like one of the main like censored books. Um, So it's interesting that it's been like assigned. Um, Yeah, because it's got, you know, you know, racist language. Ah, like a bunch of them do. Oh, God. Yeah. So it's interesting that that book was assigned when um, when it's like one of the the books that like isn't allowed sometimes. Mm. They're like, it's classic literature. I'm like, and? Well, consider- Find new classics. There are classics that we overlooked because of all the racism. They're like, it's Huckleberry mm-hmm. Finn. They say it a lot, but it's a classic. Okay, find a new classic. I don't care. I had to read Huckleberry Finn in 10th grade, and it is the worst experience I have ever had reading a book. I absolutely hated it. I'm so sorry. Because it, it, it feels like- they assign it just to be able to assign it so that, I don't know, there's something very exploitive about it. Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, people have gotten too fixated on, like, what's a classic and I, don't bring me racist classics anymore. Bring mm-hmm. me classics that were overlooked because they were written by people of color. So Kevin is late because Tony is late. Um, Kevin says that he also has a truck, but I assume that's like a, I think, because we, we knew that Kevin had a truck. He like brought it to the drive-in and everything, right? Yeah. But it's not like a big truck. Like they're talking about truckers and everything. Um, it's a truck. Right. Does he have a little garage? Who's to say? Who's to say? Mm-hmm. 
What? Tony wants to take her motorcycle and Kevin's going to just sit on the back of her motorcycle. Once again, ma'am, you are very pregnant. I I, 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 just, I support Tony in riding a motorcycle and having a motorcycle, but I just like, I'm so worried. I think she's amazing. I think it's so cool that that's like something that she can still continue to do. It's so dangerous. Oh, it's deeply, deeply dangerous. Yeah, it's cool that she can do it. I'm just worried that she should not do it. If you are pregnant in real life and are only a novice motorcycle user, don't. Yeah. But um, if you're an expert, I respect you. If you're a fictional character. Right. <laughs> so they get to school and Weatherby calls them by their last names, but they call him by his first name. Waldo. Sure. Well, it's probably, it's a, it's a sign of like comfort or like status for them, not necessarily comfort, but like status for them to be able to call him by his first name and respect for him to call him by them by their Sure. Veronica comes in and she's having a Sharpay at the beginning of High School Musical 3 moment in which she's just walking down the hallways and everyone's like, ooh, it's like a thunder moment, but in like an Alice thunder moment mm-hmm. where everyone just turns around in slow motion and is like, wow. And I'm like, okay, but she's a teacher. So <laughs> this show cannot help but do weird underage stuff. Yes. Yeah. Like they're finally adults. They're well, finally old enough. And I'm like, please. It didn't read like sexual to me. Oh, it did to me. Uh, it read to me like she had more money than all of them. Oh, I, I didn't. it read to me like they all thought she was hot. Yeah, I I can totally see that. Like now that you guys have pointed it out, I can totally mm-hmm. see that. And like maybe that was the interpretation they were going for. Yeah, but like I read it as they're like, oh, this bitch bougie. Okay, fair enough. Oh, but that's all. Well, I thought why the kids wound up auditing. Yeah, because they're like, oh, we audited it, quote unquote, auditing the class because she's hot. Oh, yeah. Lame. Also, I don't think auditing was a thing in my school. Can you tell me what that is? If you're considering taking the class, you can sit in on a class or two and audit. Oh, oh, I oh okay. I didn't know as well. I don't think we had that option in high school because we had not to, a high school thing. Yeah, that's a college yes. thing. Oh, okay. Oh, well, all right, whatever then. <laughs> yeah, that I now I'm uncomfortable. Thank you for pointing that out. Because I, I didn't, I didn't, I totally did not understand that we're auditing. Some of us are auditing. I was like, huh? What? I just want to stare at her. Now I get it. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, it was just um, boys being gross. Like, same, but I'm an adult. Yeah. Ugh. And also she's just like, haha, everyone thinks I'm cool. Like, she, you know, she has the look on her face where she's like, ha, look how hot I am. I'm still the hottest thing in this school, you know? And I'm like, oh. Ow. Oh, come on. Don't do that. <laughs> Tony's like right there. <laughs> <laughs> so Betty, Archie, and Jughead show up and they're looking for their classrooms and everything. And Betty goes one way and the other and the boys go the other. I'm like, hmm, what's the symbolism of Betty going one way and Archie and Jughead going the other way? Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. I don't have an answer, but I just noticed that it could be something. It is a cool shot too, though. It's a deeply cool shot. Yeah. So people have transferred in just to like look at Veronica, I guess. Archie talks about his, said he's going to talk about his experiences, but but RROTC is mostly focused on physical fitness and military history. So Archie didn't, Archie wasn't even in RROTC <laughs> in high school. <laughs> Betty's teaching shop class and their thing is to take apart and put back together this fancy car. And this girl's like, is your dad the black hood? I would never have the guts. I would never have the guts to say that to my teacher. <laughs> What the heck? That's your teacher. She could immediately fail you <laughs> if she wanted to. I would have the guts, but I wouldn't have the um 
straight up disrespect. Yeah, exactly. Like, unless Betty had done something to earn me disrespecting her, uh, there's right. no way. Yeah, it's like, ugh, it sucks that, like, she has to deal with this. And then, like, Jughead has to deal with what he j- deals with, too. Like, it's really sad. I, I, and I would it, never have the audacity as a student. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it had, that, that's exactly it. It's the audacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it sucks for them but it's also I feel like especially realistic of what they're walking into because like Mm -hmm. high school kids are mean like they just are which sucks but it's reality so like on top of that high school kids are mean and this is a failing town so they're probably all like struggling themselves Mm -hmm. so like you know what they could use the community center Archie Why wouldn't he hand off his community center to somebody who was staying? I don't understand why he just closed his mili- his community center and left. Yep. <sighs> I don't get that. So two of the students in Jughead's class seem important. Um, one of them is Ginger and is always wearing a Letterman jacket, which reminds me of Archie. But I'm confused because how many redheaded families are there in Riverdale? He's not an Andrews or a Blossom. <laughs> Uh, I know that to be true. So I'm not really sure what his deal is. He could be a Cooper cousin. I guess that's true. <laughs> so they didn't say their names in the episode, but they're like the two boys who also joined the football team. Yeah. And I think that's why they're important. But I went on IMDb. Because they come back later yeah. and join the football team. And they're mean. <laughs> and they're at pop yeah. and they're mean. But I went on IMDb to see if maybe they did have names and they do. Kendrick and Rusty. Guess which one's the ginger? Rusty. Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes sense. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> so Jughead literally did all of that reading um, like last night or like two nights ago and no one else read the book Ugh. in the entire class. Like he, no one else did. Hiram's pissed off that they have students just in general, I guess. <laughs> yep. I think it's the fact that they have over a hundred. Yeah. Oh, sure. Because all of their classes were full. Yeah. I, um. Yeah. Well, at last episode, Tony was given like the offer from Hiram that he would just give scholarships to Stonewall to all of the students. Mm -hmm. And like, I understand why she said no to that. But if I was one of the students, I'd be like, seriously? Yeah. Can I? I would want the option. One of those scholarships. (laughs) Like, I remember in season two when all of Southside High was getting like consolidated into River. Riverdale High and you'd think that like all the Southsiders were gonna be like oh my god now we have to join Riverdale High that sucks and it turns out that all of them were just like wow I'm excited to get an education yep like I just like I know that Stonewall High like isn't as good and like Tony said like Hiram's on the board so you know his morals might not be that good but like ultimately we know that it would have sucked but like all of these kids who are probably just like background characters in Archie Andrews's life (laughs) I'd be like I'd love to go to that fancy school and get a good education in maybe get a better um, choice in colleges. Yep. Yep. That, that would be great for me, but whatever. But I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be a pawn in y'all's, uh, in y'all's game. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Hiram and Reggie are eating sub- Subway sandwiches with Doritos. So basically a Subway meal. Yeah. They're worried that the town will grow back around the school because everyone has a lot of sentiment for the school. Did Doritos pay for this glowing endorsement? Yes. And if they did, did they expect it to be from Hiram? <laughs> Probably not. Like, were they like, hey, put Doritos in your show? And they were like, sure. And Doritos was like, nice. I hope it's Jughead who loves food. And said so they were like, let's give it to Hiram, who everyone hates. <laughs> Oops. Teens now boycotting Doritos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So Veronica shows Smithers the blue velvet and is like, oh, I'm going to have a jewelry store here. Why do you think there's a market for diamonds here? There's not. Like, I do think that Veronica is a good businesswoman in theory Mm -hmm. and like, and in practice with what we've seen of her in New York. But um, Mm -hmm. thinking that that Riverdale needs a jewelry store is quite literally so stupid. Riverdale needs a thrift store. Yeah. Oh my God, a thrift store would be genius. Are you asking for it to get looted? Yeah. Oh my God. Like you're going to get robbed. I'm straight up going to get robbed. You're not, Riverdale is not a good town anymore. You're going to get robbed and no one's going to buy anything from you because they can't afford it. Well, that's, that's something like later when I think she's showing around Chad, she says that it's near Sodale. And I think, so she's Mm -hmm. like all the people who live in Sodale, like there's a market for the people who live in Sodale, but like, okay, that still sucks for the people of Riverdale who have to like walk by all these fancy women going in there every single day or whatever. Then you're just gentrifying Riverdale and not yeah. benefiting Riverdale and in, in, by the gentrification that like, you're doing. Have local like uh, jewelry makers put their mm-hmm. wares in there. Have secondhand stuff. Like do something interesting. Yeah. Make it a boutique. Yeah. I hope that they go there with that and not like just have it be Me continue too. to be tone deaf. Me too. So Smithers asks if Chad is invited in on this, and she says she doesn't know yet. Uh, Betty talks about how her students are scared of her because of her dad. She's trying not to worry about Polly because apparently she does this all the time. Archie says that he will help distract her, mm-hmm. and she should come over later because Jughead's going to be at Pops and. Betty's like, oh, it's too risky. And I'm like, he's not going to be at home. I know, right? Uh, like, and like, and, and in the episode, she literally does come over later. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a she, pop. She's like, well, I can't do it at my house because Alice and the twins are there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely don't do it at the Cooper's house. Yeah. But if Jughead's at work, the house is empty. And it's literally- Just close the blinds so your mom can't look through the window. I was about to say, it's literally right next door. So it's not even like you have to walk far- yeah. After or before. I don't think it's too risky. Just don't fall asleep after. Yeah. Exactly. Because otherwise Jughead's going to come up and be like, um, like, is that what you're worried about? Yes, that's exactly what they're worried about. Just don't fall asleep then. <laughs> Simply just don't fall go asleep. home. Just lose track of time. No, just go home. It's not like home is very far away. Exactly. She literally just has to walk across the street. She could straight up jump out the window. Not even across the street. Into the next yard. Mm -hmm. Pops doesn't have a lot of customers, so it's okay if Jughead wants to write. Um, And I'm glad that they put this line in because last episode, I just thought that Jughead was a sucky worker. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it's nice that she like supports him in this. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, she's trying to get the the guys off his back anyway, so she can have like a better employee. Mm -hmm. So he says that he wants to interview Tabitha for his book. And this also makes me feel better because I was worried that Jughead was going to write this book about Pop and then she was going to find out about it and think that he was like exploiting her or whatever. Exactly. So already this relationship is going well. (laughs) All of the worries that I had. I feel way better about Jughead after this episode than I did like- Me too. Last week. Uh, Yeah, I totally agree. So he talks about how it's a portrait of a small town and he talks to Tabitha about how she left her fancy job in Chicago to take over her family's business. And she says that she just wanted to invest in something meaningful. I'm like, listen, I appreciate this. Last episode was enough for me to love Tabitha though. Like, thank you so much for giving me more reason to love her. They're like, just in case you needed more, here you go and I'm we like I didn't you. need more but thank you yeah I, like I'm happy to have the backstory I wanted the backstory like yes I w- I'm already in love with her but thank mm-hmm. you for giving me even, even more, more reasons, reasons to even like more everything reasons. I learn about her thank you yeah she's a gift she says that she put in that gas pump to attract truckers and i'm like not one in particular i hope (laughs) 
not the not the ghost truck. Not the trash bag truck killer. Kendrick and Rusty show up with his with their dates to come to Pops. And Jughead has to wait on them because he's a waiter. That is humiliating. Yeah. That is that's humiliating. He handles he it super well though. So professional about it. They're like, hey, aren't you our teacher? And he's like, yeah, go sit down. <laughs> I just, I respect the heck out of, out of him. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about how much um, I've come around to time jump, time jump Jughead later, but I'm sorry for hating on you for the past two episodes. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, I know you're doing your best and I respect you. So Barchi's hooking up in the car. These are Grundy vibes. No. I'm sorry that it, but it's absolutely a parallel. They're reclaiming the, they're reclaiming it. It's a, it's a reclaiming. It's not like. Yeah. Okay. Sure. It's not an homage. It's a reclamation. Okay. <laughs> but there are kids working on this. Yeah. Oh, they definitely picked a stupid spot. Like Betty's like, oh, I have an idea. And I was like, this is less risky. This is less risky. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. She's sure. definitely an idiot. Like <laughs> they picked the wrong spot for sure. Yeah. But it turned out, uh, it turned out to work in their favor. It turned out to work out. Since, um, school was on So fire. the fire alarm goes off and I think that's definitely foreshadowing to the end of the episode mm-hmm. like this yes. show is ridiculous but they know how to do a cliffhanger before a hiatus yeah are the people who set this fire the same people who set the fire later it's the Stonewall kids but I think later I think I think it was Reggie later I know me too and that makes me sad I think Reggie's the one who set the fire I'm like Reggie are you trying to kill Archie and Jughead because right. you didn't give them any opportunity to get out that's not that's not sending a message my favorite part is that next episode is going to start with them safely out of the house and then they just won't yeah. explain how they got out of the house. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, part of the episode description is uh, Archie restarting the fire department because apparently he's going to have to put that out by himself. There you go. Yeah, because later or like uh, two episodes ago, Tony had said that like there wasn't a fire department and everyone's just fending for themselves. Mm-hmm. So I guess that was also foreshadowing. In other news, also, finally, Corporal Jackson shows up in Riverdale. Thank you so much, my new Archie ship. <laughs> we miss you, Mad Dog. Oh, Mad Dog. So Betty and Archie run towards the fire and Betty's whole bra is out. <laughs> her whole bra is out. <laughs> I respect her. Well, it's, I mean, it's like accurate to uh, what would have, what she would have done. Tits out for the fire. The first, uh, the first time I watched it, I thought it was like Riverdale High kids. And I was like, they're going to know. And now they're going to spread rumors. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. When we were first watching it, I also thought they were Riverdale High kids. And I was like, oh, I can't wait for the gossip that the ROTC teacher and the shop teacher are hooking up. Oh, you know, kids look for that gossip too. Mm-hmm. I, man, oh, for sure. My English teacher was married to the JROTC teacher. And I, like, anytime they were together, I was like, ooh, my ship. Same. Ooh, what's going to happen? We had our, <laughs> our math teachers were married to each other, but they never acted like a married couple, and it drove me insane. It was, my mine did, and it was really cute. I was just like, ooh, my ship. Two of the gym teachers, actually, okay, so we had several gym teachers at my high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say there was, like, four of them, and they were just two couples. Oh. That's adorable. That were like the four gym teachers. Yeah, last episode when you were like, "Ugh, it's so formative to have a gay gym teacher." I was like, uh, "All my gym, te- all my gym teachers were married to each other, but they were straight." That's <laughs> cute though. Uh, please, I-, I didn't have a formative gym teacher. That's probably why I hated gym. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. The the lesbians really just make it worth going. Yeah, she's right. So the next morning they're like, "Hey, Archie, good thing you were there." And he was like, "Oh yeah, I was." night jogging he has been known to yeah. night jog i was gonna say archie <laughs> like, does right. have a history of night jogging good excuse 
Um, they talk about how Hiram sp- sponsors the football team at Stonewall and they have to do stuff for him. And I'm like, that sucks. Uh, like for those kids. That the sounds parents, like the parents uh, just let this happen. That sounds like a blackmail. Uh, kinda like or like bribery. Yeah. Um. So then Keller's like, well, I could arrest them, but Hiram will just take them out on bail. And I'm like, okay, but at least they'll have like records. Yeah. And like, I I think that might stop them from doing his dirty work. You know, they might be like, oh, I don't want to do his dirty work because I don't want a criminal record. You know, these kids are going to a good school to get to good colleges. Because I want to go to college. Yeah. So I don't know. I think arresting them, even if they'll get out on bail, like either way, they're out. Yeah. But like arresting them might prevent them from continuing to do this. Cops not arresting people who commit crimes. (laughs) (laughs) What? Come on, Keller. He's like, that's so much paperwork. I'm the only guy. Like, please, I don't want to. <laughs> Crime is legal if Tom you're Keller. rich. Mm-hmm. Tom Keller, ACAB. <laughs> Sorry, Keller. We love you, Keller, but like, do like, your job. Like, I know I'm right, though. Like, do your yeah. job, sir. The Stonewall Stallions are the best team and everyone's rooting for them. It's the only thing they have to root for. So like, no one really wants to go against them. Yeah. You know how you get overly invested in high school football as a grown adult? <laughs> I mean, I can't relate to that, but so Reggie is the coach of the Stallions and you know what? I guess he's qualified. He was the, he was like the head of the Riverdale coach or the Riverdale team for a while. So that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know, the second they were like, oh, the cow, the coach, I was like, it's Reggie. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Reggie. Reggie. And he's qualified. 100%. Last episode, I said that he has yeah. a lot of jobs and now we're just get, getting more jobs. <laughs> I'm like, when does it end? Like football coach is a job I would enjoy for Reggie. Mm-hmm. Football coach of the enemy team. No. Under Hiram's thumb? No, not it. <gasps> Guys, Archie, mm. Reggie, rival football teams, enemies to friends to lovers. Yes. Yep. Yes. I'm on board. I'm for it. Let's make it happen. I'm immediately going to ship Archie and Reggie. Like, they already did. They already did, like, friends to enemies to friends. Now they're doing to enemies to friends to lovers. And that's definitely what's happening. I'm just yes. waiting for gay Archie. I don't care which man it's with. I mean, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Reggie and Archie are following the, uh... Allison FP journey yes. of mm-hmm. romance. Yeah. So should turn out well. My thing is like Ross is clearly never going to do the Archie and Jughead thing because they have no chemistry and they spend <laughs> Not at no all. time together. I would say that maybe it's Jughead be- is the only man I don't ship Archie with. <laughs> I was about to say it's because Cole Sprouse gives off so much straight energy. Yeah. yeah. Which is so funny because then you watch him on like Sweet Life on Deck and you're like, oh, sweet gay boy. Why are you dating Bailey? Exactly. <laughs> It, it, they kind of have, like, Harry and Ron vibes. Mm. If Harry and Ron weren't really friends. Well, yeah, true, exactly. But, like, um, you know, people ship Harry with boys, and people don't ship Ron that much with boys, I guess. But, like, no one ever really, at least I don't see it, no one ever really ships Harry and Ron, you know? I'm sure someone did, but it's not for me. Yeah, I'm sure it's definitely out there, but it's not as popular. It's it's one of the lesser, it's one of the less popular ships. Drary yeah. was Well, much now I need popular. to know how much Archie Jughead fanfiction is on its archive of our own. Let me know. It's probably going to be like more on like fanfiction.net too or Wattpad. Oh, right. A lot of Riverdale fiction is on Wattpad. Which like, Which people makes please me sad. upgrade your platform. You are giving, ugh, ugh. Don't use Wattpad because you're just giving them money. They're profiting off of your creativity. Use AO3. It's a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And then I can find it. Yeah. I really want to read all the great FP analysis fic that I know exists on Wattpad, but I can't stand looking at Wattpad because I'm over 25. <laughs> like, I just feel so bad for all the writers on there because the advertisements that are all over Wattpad on like their most like red fix 
are just paying other people. Like they're putting money in other people's pockets for their creativity. Wow. And that drives me insane. Mm -hmm. There are 900 Archie Andrews Jughead Jones fakes. Hold up, what? Well, alrighty then. 900 on Archive of Our Own. Okay, well, let it be known that though I don't see it, you're valid and I support you. <laughs> Go off, y'all. Yeah, pop off. There's nothing that fandom likes more than two not gay straight dudes <laughs> boinking. That's so true. Excuse me, Archie is gay. <laughs> Good point. That's a great point. Just Thank for compare. Oh, wow. There's more than I thought there were. Just for comparison, I was going to say, there are only 686 FP analysis. That's a good amount. Yeah. What? I feel like that's gone up. There are less. There are but, less FP and Alice fix than there are Archie and Jughead. That's oh, hard for me to believe, to be honest. I feel like, yeah, it makes me sad because Again. I would like to read more FP and Alice fix. And I know half of these are like mentioned once in a Bughead fic. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. That was all the cabbie fix. I was like, y'all, I gotta stop. But like, I feel like the, the curse and blessing of consuming media is that there's always going to be more fic for the ship that isn't canon. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. It's true. But I like to see them kiss and read about them kissing and, like, pining for each other after, like, staring at each other through the school hallways for ten chapters, you know? Mm -hmm. You know? One of those FP and Alice fan fictions is mine. <laughs> I'm proud and of you. it's excellent. Thank you. My username is at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, including AO3. <laughs> Robin says, I will expose my entire self. I respect her. I have nothing to hide over there. Fair enough. I'm ace. I promise. It is simply... It is simply Disney World. It is simply fluff. And comedy. It's so good. My um, my specialty is comedy. I love your FP and Alice fic. Thank you. I've been trying to work on it, but I'm so busy. I already have like the first little bit of the next chapter in my head, but um, it's hard to find time to to write it these days um, that's totally fair it's the thing that you do that brings you joy mm -hmm. but the first two chapters are up if you guys want to check it out yeah uh, the cooper Ch smith jones family goes to disney world except charles is a good guy and jelly beans good as well and they're my two favorite characters so i'm really sad about them <laughs> <laughs> whether they're two, my two favorite characters in my fan fiction because i basically just made them up they don't actually exist in this show <laughs> yeah, true <laughs> Because they're actually get to be funny in Robin's fanfiction. Also, Charles's gayness has a has a, a real pedestal to stand on. You know, mm -hmm. needs some gay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Archie punches Reggie in the face and then threatens all of these children. That punch is good. Like yeah. I, uh, I almost wonder if like KJ hit uh, Charles. Charles, like, directly mm. in the face, like for real. Yo, this is assault. But Keller is like, I pretend I do not see it. I mean, so is uh, lighting Archie's house on fire. Yeah. Um, and like Those all of crimes. the terrible things that are, that Reggie has done so far. Yeah. That do be a uh, punch in the face. I told yeah. Sam when we were watching that scene that I actually believed how angry KJ was. Yeah. I'm sure it was just that he was pissed that he was cold. But I <laughs> believed it. Yeah. It was a very well acted scene. So Jughead walks into his classroom the next day after having waited on... Kendrick and Rusty, and um, they've left tips. Mm -hmm. Sorry, what kind of names are those? <laughs> I, I don't know. All right. And they've left tips for him on his desk because apparently he needs the money and he's a waiter, so he gets tips. I would have been like, I would apparently been like, underpaid teachers are funny. I would have been like, let's make fun of him for it. I would have been like, haha, thanks for your $5, bucko. Yeah. Now I get a cheeseburger at Pops and you don't. I respect the hell out of Jughead 
who takes the money out of it and puts it in his pocket. Yep, I 100% would have. He doesn't leave it. He doesn't try and take it back. He says, nope, this is my money now. If you're going to make fun of me, you better pay me for it. Yeah, Yeah, pay up. Hell yeah. I respect the heck out of that. In the words of my sticker, sticker, (laughs) you pay me. (laughs) Yeah. So Rusty and Kendrick seem like they're maybe made to look like Archie and Jughead, but I can't really tell exactly what they're going for there. Oh, I think yeah. Rusty is definitely made to look like Archie. I think they're FP and Fred from the uh, Midnight Club. Okay, sure. Yeah. And so Jughead basically says, yeah, I work at Pops because I need money. Okay? Sorry. Thanks. And it's like, okay, he's making great points. And then they're like, um, aren't you a big time writer? And Jughead's like, I don't want to talk about that. And I'm like, I still don't know what happened to your money. And I can't tell if this is going to be something that we end up eventually talking about and it's like a mystery that we're trying to solve or... If they're just like his money went poof. I think I think that we're eventually gonna find out like what he spent his money on to get into such deep holes. Oh my god, I hope it's stupid stuff. Jughead's like, I rented a bouncy castle and I never gave it back. (laughs) 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 I love that. Jughead, why are you broke? Okay, so funny story. I forgot to return it. And they just charged my credit card bill so high. It's the blockbuster of pool rental or uh, floating rentals. <laughs> the blockbuster. Yeah. So Jughead's like, can someone tell me what Of Mice and Men is even about? No. And no one can say. And I'm like, so you came to school being like, I didn't do the summer reading. Fine, whatever. But then the next day, you didn't even look up what the like book was about so that you could at least talk about it. I don't get that. No one? Like, no one cliff notes it? Like, I would have at least cliff notes it. Like, yeah. if I had forgotten, which probably is, like, likely. Wait, are we drinking Jughead or the kids? The, the kids. kids. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm one of those kids where even if I had read it, I'm not putting my hand up. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I that, the, the, the sheer energy of, like, this whole situation stressed me out because in school I would just pray not to get called on because I have anxiety and I'm an introvert. Don't talk to me. Meanwhile, I am an extrovert who craves the validation of authority figures and leveling up above my peers so i would always sit in the front row and oh my god answer questions and i'm in the middle because i'm an introvert but i like being right yeah i love being right i would have like been jealous of you but also kind of hated you like anytime i got an a and like no one else did or i got a question right or a compliment from a teacher i was just like i am a god This is the greatest feeling. So Jughead's like, I assumed that you wouldn't be prepared. So I made a pop quiz and they're all like, oh, no. I'm like, well, then (laughs) no things. Jeez. (laughs) Brittany Brittany would have read it and known the answer, not raised her hand and then aced the pop quiz. That's 100% what I would have done. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm like, for introvert kids, they're not going to put their hands up. They'll show you they read it in the work. Yeah. Leave us alone. I respect you. So Veronica teaches about supply and demand and Chad just like shows up with flowers and cupcakes and just hangs out in the back. No, and like. And I'm like, okay, ugh. sure. Maybe, maybe just for the day, whatever. Because you just got here. You don't know where the Pembroke is. Sure. Whatever. That's fine. But then it's not just today. He does it every single day. There's complexities to this abuse. Why are you, why are you supervising? Why are you supervising her? The fact that he doesn't, like, ask Miss Bell when her class ends or, right. like, sit in the outside in the hallway until her class ends. The fact that he interrupts her class is humiliating. Doesn't even knock. It's so humiliating for her. I would I would have slapped him. 
Like, mm-hmm. the one thing that like, the show is doing... Like, the students, uh, like, after. Right. The one thing that the show is doing right is making him... They're, they're like, sort of really doing the abuse angle mm-hmm. in a yeah. more subtle way than I thought they would because it is yeah. incredibly insidious. Yeah, it's so perfectly mm-hmm. done because we see exactly what they're doing and it's exactly how, like, real abusers work. Like, he's so charming with her friends and he's like... Ha ha ha, I'm so funny. I bring you chocolates and cupcakes and flowers and I'm such a good husband. And then at home he's like, I will control you until mm-hmm. you're dead. And he's going to isolate yeah. her from her friends too. Yeah. It, it, mm-hmm. It's a very mm-hmm. slow and methodical like abuser 101 playbook. Mm-hmm. So Archie wants to coach the Bulldogs. He needs to get the money and the players. He needs 11 players. And then we go to the teacher's lounge. Chad tells an anecdote about Veronica to Betty, Kevin, and Tony. And they all laugh because of course he's charming. Mm-hmm. Aren't they always? So she introduces him to Archie and he says famous Archie. This is the famous Archie. So she's clearly talked about him. Mm-hmm. Um, what all has she said? I don't blame her at all for talking about him because he was one of her best friends um, and her high school sweetheart. So it makes sense that however long she was dating Chad before they got married and they've been married for a year that she would have talked about Archie and had mentioned that Archie was like uh, her boyfriend and stuff yeah. like that. But like, God, it's been seven years and they haven't even talked, Chad. Like, why? It's also like, probably gosh. that he's he's famous because... He's the reason she dropped everything and went back to Riverdale. Oh, sure. Right. She got a call from Archie. Like, not, like, he's not the reason she's still there, but it is his call that, like, took her back. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just hate him. (laughs) I think he's threatened by Archie. Oh, my God. He's so threatened by Archie. Like, because. But, and it's funny because, because Archie's not trying to get with Veronica. He straight up isn't. Archie doesn't care. But he's, he's, uh, he's scared that Archie will make Veronica see through him for what he's actually trying to do to her. And that- All this male posturing is so funny. This is what toxic masculinity is. This is toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. 101. But like, from a person who loves love triangles standpoint, this is the best. (laughs) This is the best. I was going to talk about this later in the episode, but I think it's relevant now, so I might as well talk about it now. Archie is not interested in dating Veronica right now, Mm -hmm. but he still is here to antagonize Chad. And I know exactly why that is. Because First of all, because Chad is antagonizing him first. But also, when I was in The Mystery of Edwin Drood, which is the musical that I was, (laughs) I played Edwin Drood in, um, in college, like I said, I played the character of Edwin Drood. And in the musical, I'm engaged to be married to my childhood best friend, Rosa. And there's this new character who comes in named Neville. And he's like obsessed with Rosa and he wants to date Rosa and everything. And he's like constantly like flirting with Rosa in front of me. There's a scene later where we decide, listen, maybe we shouldn't get married because honestly, I'm not attracted to you and you're not attracted to me. Maybe we would be attracted to each other if we hadn't literally been like friends since birth, our parents hadn't told us that we had to get married as children, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I'm just not into you like that. You're not into me. Let's just not do it. And like, let's not, let's not tell anybody right now, but like, let's just not. And we're like, okay, we're both happy about this. All good. So then we go into like a dinner scene and Neville's like trying to mac on my freaking girl who's like, I'm not attracted to and who I'm not actually marrying anymore, right? But he doesn't know that I'm not marrying her. It's not about the fact that I want to be with her. It's about the fact that you're disrespecting me. (laughs) And and her. You know, 
Yeah, you know. Like, no, but she has a crush on him, too. Oh. So, like, whatever. But, like, from my character's perspective, because that's the perspective that I had to think about it in, I was like, okay, I, listen, I'm not trying to marry her, but, like, you know, like, what you think is happening is that I'm gonna, I, I'm engaged to her. So why are you flirting with her when you know that I'm engaged to her? That's so rude. That's incredible. I'm not actually attracted to her. I don't actually want to marry her. But the fact that you think that I'm going to marry her and you're still doing this, that's what annoys me. And that's why I don't like it's you. It's disrespectful. So listen, Edwin Drood, not the greatest guy, but I had to think in his head. <laughs> yeah, I think for Archie, it's it's 100% that he can see Hiram in mm-hmm. Chad and he can see that Veronica is like not... Like, he trusts Veronica to, like, make her own decisions, and he's not trying to date Veronica, but he is worried about Veronica because he can Mm -hmm. instantly tell that that's not a good guy. Yeah, Archie's like, I'm not trying to date Veronica, but the fact that you're disrespecting me about wanting to date Veronica is weird. What is the- I don't don't like that you're so- weird about this yeah because like if you were secure in your relationship and not like creepily like weird about her you wouldn't be threatened by me because i'm not a threat yeah so tony invites them all to karaoke because it's karaoke night at the white worm and kevin says that he'll be defying gravity (laughs) why did we have to sit through veronica's terrible shallow karaoke yeah when i could have been seeing kevin singing defying gravity yeah are you kidding me why would you dangle that above my head like that that is so mean i was so excited to watch kevin sing defying gravity and then they were like no you have to suffer through this deeply uncomfortable performance of shallow (laughs) like no offense to cammy she did as much as she could with the scene that she had but she does not have the Lady Gaga, Barbara Streisand range. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. So Betty says that she'll be there and she'll watch. And I'm like, Betty, I'd like to see you perform if you don't mind. Honestly, Betty, like Lily has one of the best voices of the cast, in my opinion. I agree. And so like, I, Betty, you can sing. Chad's like, oh my God, I'll totally also go to karaoke. And Veronica's like, you hate karaoke. And he's like, ha ha ha, what? I'm trying to make your friends think I'm a good person. So then when I slowly isolate you from them, they won't think it's weird. Mm -hmm. Literally. Tony asked some of the truckers about Polly for Betty um, and said that they've seen Polly at a sketchy truck stop off the lonely highway. The amount of times that the phrase off the lonely highway was said this episode was weird, I have to say. (laughs) It like happened like 10 times. I didn't even notice. Like even in just that, um, just that one scene between Jughead and old man Dreyfus or whatever, he Mm -hmm. says it like three times. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Where is the highway and why is it so lonely? Someone keep it company. Um, some of the truckers arrange me Meetings with women on Ned's list, Ugh. which is clearly Craigslist. Who is Ned? <laughs> but, and what is on his list? <laughs> but why does it have two D's? Right? Like, why isn't it just N E D Ned's list? It's N E D D. I kind of wondered if that was a nod to Reddit for the extra D. Oh, maybe. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm going to take that because I was really confused about that. Yeah. Cheryl's workers want to quit, and she's like, no, I'll offer them more money. And I'm like, okay, well, I thought that you didn't have that much. Well, I'm like, does she have to do this because Nana Rose is here? Maybe. I think it's possible, but I don't think that, no, I don't, like, personally, I didn't read it that way, but I do think it's possible. I think, uh, yeah, you know what, now that you, now that I said that, um, I agree. I think that, like, Nana Rose being there is only important when it's, like, she's not important to the scene, but mm-hmm. she was important to this scene because she was having a conversation with Cheryl. And, like, I feel like Nana Rose, like, that's not a thing that... Uh, some something going on with Nana Rose is part of what makes Cheryl feel so trapped. 
mm-hmm. but I don't think that the work on the house is necessarily part of her feeling trapped. I think it's her only outlet for not feeling trapped. She also says that the donation was squeezed out of her and now she's running out. And I'm like, okay, so maybe Cheryl did see that scene the way that we did? Maybe. Because she doesn't, like, or is she saying that for Nana Rose because she's trying to say that she doesn't like Tony or something? I don't really know. I mean, no, I think it was a bit of both. Like, I think it was Tony was, like, laying on the works and, but there was, like, genuine feeling to it underneath what Mm -hmm. Tony said. And meanwhile, it's like Cheryl has to, like, think about it in a compartmentalized way to keep herself from being, like, there's a reason I need to leave, leave Thornhill and it's right. to, because I still love Tony. Mm-hmm. So if she can compartmentalize it and be like, Tony did this and blah, 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 then she can like still separate herself from the feelings that she has. So she says that it's time for Operation Goldfinch. And instead of just letting this pass me by and Dave DMing me uh, about it, I did the actual <laughs> research myself. So The Goldfinch is a novel by the American author Donna Tart who is a reference to mm-hmm. Donna Sweet, who basically wrote, I think it's called The Secret History, and it was like basically Jughead's entire storyline um, last season. Nice. The novel is a coming-of-age tale told in the first person. The protagonist, 13-year-old Theodore Decker, survives a terrorist bombing at an art museum where his mother is killed. Jesus. While staggering through the debris, he takes with him a small Dutch Golden Age painting called The Goldfinch. Abandoned by his father, Theo is taken in by the family of a wealthy friend. Bewildered by his strange new home on Park Avenue, disturbed by schoolmates who don't know how to talk to him, and tormented above all by his unbearable longing for his mother, he clings to the one thing that reminds him of her, a small, mysteriously captivating painting that ultimately draws Theo into the underworld of art. The painting is one of the few surviving works by Rembrandt, who um, Nana Rose talked about uh, a couple episodes ago, but by Rembrandt's most promising pupil, Carel Fabritius. Um, all of almost all of his works were destroyed in the Delft explosion of ni- of 1654, in which the artist himself was killed. Oh, so wow. a lot of crazy stuff. Um, that sounds mm-hmm. really cool. I know it sounds like a really interesting, uh, in- really interesting book. Yeah. yeah. But it, so therefore, since it's about a painting and the goldfinch itself is a painting, you can I googled it and you can look at it. Um, it makes sense that their operation about a painting is called Operation Goldfinch. Mm-hmm. It uh, also what she's doing has big Thomas Crown Affair vibes, uh, which is a movie, among other things, about swapping real art for fake art and selling the fake art online. Like there you go in auctions and stuff, and right. swapping them at or like secret black market auctions and mm-hmm. um, swapping out the ones in museums, which are like real. Yeah. So clearly, they've been preparing for this for a while. Um, she says to call Crestbees, which I think is a is just Christie's. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they're finally bringing back the let's give weird. Yeah, it's so much fun. Semi-close names to other things. <laughs> um, she's redoing the painting that so that they can sell the copy, which we'll talk about later. Polly doesn't have a laptop, but she uses the twins. First of all, I love their little stickers on their laptop. It's very cute. But Polly, you stay logged in. Yeah, right. that's doing this stuff. That's a chore. Use the incognito window. My At God, least, like, that's exactly what I wrote. I was like, you're not even using an incognito window. Polly, the parenting is bad. The children could see. Also, wait, before we get away from Cheryl, I'm confused mm. as to why she doesn't just like if she has these paintings already and that she's copying them 
why doesn't she just sell the real one and like keep, keep the copy the, the art that she made herself and just keep that yeah that's way less likely to lead to you getting arrested yeah and also um that means that you can't ever like sell that one again yeah. Right now it's a secret that you have it and um and like you can't just like go around and say that it's an original this guy again because y- you already sold the original the original mm-hmm. these are my air quotes <laughs> <laughs> I can hear them so yeah it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense however i do have to say like if you're not going to use an incognito window like the kids could literally just like press n to go on literally any site that starts with they could go on netflix they could click n to go on netflix and it could take them to ned's list like this is bad yep it's so bad alice like didn't notice this i feel yeah like well alice is just overwhelmed with literally trying to raise the kids because polly doesn't show up so mm-hmm. but i just uh she goes by patty on there um and the person who she was talking to was called trucker boy 69 um however trucker boy 69 <laughs> the other people that they have that she's been talking about or talking to highway trucker 345 <laughs> trucker life 18 wheelers semi guy 420 and Trucks for life. Okay, tag, your, tag yourself. I'm semi guy 420. I'm trucks for life. <laughs> I'm uh, 18 wheelers. <laughs> I can hear the Z. Why? I'm just like, why are all of your usernames about trucks? Like, is that your only personality trait? Well, Possibly. It would have made more sense to me that they were all truck usernames if this was a site specifically for hooking up with truckers. Like, it, it was yeah. like uh, truckersonly.com. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Truckersonly.com. <laughs> XXTruckersXX.com. Oh my God. But it's like, but it's just Ned's list, which like yeah. people can sell like lawn furniture and like mm-hmm. well, yeah. services that yeah. aren't it's sexual. A, it's a type of service. Uh, but anyway. She's been going by Patty Cake 1762 I don't know what those numbers significance are but she met up with trucker boy what is it trucker boy yeah trucker boy 69 the night she disappeared so they asked him to meet up again um but in the meantime let's do karaoke and betty and once again lily just has the best acting the best face acting which she's like "Eh, yeah we're gonna go to karaoke (laughs) obviously duh she really does and that's the first part um before we move on to the second part uh i wanted to talk a little bit about Patreon. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Um, if we're some of your favorite creators, that would be great. Um, feel free to join. It's patreon.com slash the aficionados. If you join at the $1 tier or up, you get early access to all of our podcasts, some of them a week in advance. This one is a day in advance. And then if you join at the $5 level, you get a 10% off discount code at shoppylux.com, which is where me and Brittany sell some stuff. Brittany sells stickers and um resin art and i sell fandom embroidery i have several riverdale designs um and we are also very soon um unveiling some more um patreon tiers including a discord server at the two dollar level a patreon only podcast at the ten dollar level which you will learn about more about very soon um and quarterly exclusive merchandise at the fifteen dollar level we are so fancy now what Crazy. I like being fancy. Um, so we, yeah, we hope that you'll enjoy uh, join us on Patreon. We're hoping to, we're hoping that these new tiers gives people more reasons to to join. The Patreon only podcast is, I'm very excited about it. Uh, <laughs> we haven't quite unveiled it yet, just because obviously Brittany and Sam are not with me. Um, 
but they will be in a couple weeks and then we can start um, putting those out. And I'm really excited about the concept that we have. Agreed. But yeah, so now we will. It's going to be fun. I'm really excited. Me too. I already have like several ideas. I'm worried. <laughs> um, so that is the first third and I will move into part two. Brittany did the summary for part two. I sure did. She's an icon. Because you hate me. I like her. <laughs> when we when we got to watching it last night, I was like mentally marking where our sections were because you had already told us. And, yeah. And my part ended and I was like, Brittany, I'm so sorry. You have that shallow performance. Yeah. And we hadn't even seen it yet. Uh, I specifically wanted that to be in Brittany's part, to be honest. You're such a bitch. I love you. You like Lady Gaga, so... <laughs> Okay, well, Thought get ready for the summary then. For you. All right, I'm excited. <laughs> All right, so everyone is at the White Worm, and the only interesting thing that happens here is that Tabitha tells Jughead she hooked him up with the contact info of Mr. Dreyfus, who has a firm belief in Mothman. In an act of violent homophobia, Veronica and Chad completely disrespect <laughs> Lady Gaga with a cringe cover-up shallow that I'm pretending didn't happen for my own sanity. <laughs> Anyway, they connect so hard while disrespecting the gays that they end up sleeping together. Veronica uses the word lover, which makes me think that someone in the writer's room listens to this podcast (laughs) and hates me specifically. (laughs) Archie rounds up students for the Bulldogs, finally recruiting my new queen, Britta, for the football team. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now he needs money, but Tony won't go to Cheryl for him, so Archie rolls up to Cheryl's house and tries to emotionally manipulate her by bringing up Jason? Because Archie may be grown- but he is no wiser. She's just been staring at Jason's face for hours. And she's like, really? Yep. Anyway, so Cheryl kicks him out and Nana Rose tells her an appraiser is coming to see a painting of Jason tomorrow, which Cheryl is conveniently copying. I love some exposition. Betty connects with Trucker Boy 69 and tells Kevin she's going to meet up with him later that night. Jughead meets Dreyfus at his house and sees his Mothman sculptures. That's neat. Anyway, about a billion years ago, as the story goes, Dreyfus and his buddies were working in a mine when each of them suddenly started disappearing and reappearing one by one, all claiming to be abducted by Mothmen who live in the caves around Riverdale. He tells Jug to look for some articles about it from way back when. Oh, and by the way, he's totally down to be abducted by the Mothmen again because he wants to believe. Man's got nothing better to do. And that's definitely going to happen. You know that's going to happen. Oh, for sure. I support him. So anyway, Betty and Kevin grab Trucker Boy 69 and haul him over for questioning over Polly slash Patty's disappearance. He doesn't know anything since she kind of freaked on him after they met up for drugs in a cheeky little drive and she asked to be let out on the side of the road. Betty has him give her the specifics on where he left her and recruits Alice for help. Archie tells the Bulldogs they don't have funding at the same time that Tony reveals that she put the sports funding towards reviving the Vixens who will be competing in cheer competitions rather than cheering the Bulldogs on. Good for them. Miss Bell snitches on her to Cheryl, and I suspect she will later get stitches for it. Yep. Or kisses. Oh, yeah. Pa- Why would Miss Bell get kisses? Miss <laughs> Bell? Oh, no, I meant. Huh? Oh, I meant Tony and Cheryl. Mm. Never mind. Cut yeah. that out. I'm stupid. No, keep that in. <laughs> no, I'm not cutting that out. I hate you. Cheryl gets her painting appraised for $250,000. It's worth a lot of money. The end. <laughs> <laughs> So they're at the White Worm and they all cheers. And I guess Sweet Pea is driving, I guess, at this point. Yeah, we're Sweet Pea. Because he's not here. Jughead plays darts with Tabitha. Why Jughead doesn't hang out with his friends the entire time. Like, he's just hanging out with Tabitha, which I think is, like, kind of weird. I think he's still mad at them. For for not for showing n- up all those years? For not showing up and for, like, losing touch with each other and, like, not caring. I'm like, Jughead, why'd you come then? Probably to get away from guy from the debt collectors and to be nice to Pop, I guess. Yep. And because it's less expensive to live here in Riverdale. Actually, 
Jughead, I think you're paying a whole nothing to live in Riverdale because you're living with Archie. Yep. Um, so she tells him about Old Man Dreyfus, and it's your next person to interview. Uh, he lives in a junkyard off the Lonely Highway, which we have to say a billion times this episode. And I'm like, hey, where's Junkyard Steve? I miss him. <laughs> Old Man Dreyfus doesn't have a phone, but she has his address, and you should ask about the Mothmen. And Jughead's like, okay, I will. So mm-hmm. Tony introduces Veronica. Um, she used to own this place, and she says Lodge instead of Gecko. I love the realism of Veronica immediately doing damage control, being like, oh, she probably just, like, forgot or whatever. Like, I hate that she has to do that. Like, yeah. he's like, oh, it's fine. But if they weren't in public in front of her friends, he'd be like, why did she say that? Are yep. you not saying that that's your last name? Are you not telling people that you're married? Are you trying to get rid of me? You know that would be happening for mm-hmm. girls. Yep. I bet she liked hearing her name as Lodge again, and that's probably why she decides to change it back later. Yeah. So they sing Shallow by Lady Gaga, and I'd be fine if it was just Veronica, but then Chad starts singing too. Yeah, like, just Veronica is fine, and, like, Cammy does a pretty good job. No, I disagree. She does not have the range. Okay, she doesn't have the range, but she, like, with her- It's just karaoke, though. It's just karaoke. Her Her personal range, and it being, like, in the frame of the context. Right. She does as much as she can with what mm-hmm. she has. But then there's Chad. And it gets so much worse. Because, like, if it had just been her, it wouldn't have been quite as cringy. Like, it would still be cringy because, like, yes. it's... It, it's That song is got, got beaten to death two years yeah. ago. Yeah. Well, that was, that was like, nine years ago <laughs> to them. <laughs> oh, man. Well, no, it's only, like... Well, the Riverdale it writers is 2021. just discovered that song, oh. so... Oh, God. And also, like, he's a he's an okay, like, he's a pretty good singer. And if you're good at singing, you love karaoke. <laughs> so something's wrong with this man. I already knew something was wrong with him. But, like, even on top of that, if you're good at singing, you love karaoke. I, uh, uh, unless, I mean, yeah. never mind. I'm a theater kid. If, you, if you're, like, um, a, like, major, major introvert who <laughs> is good at singing, and then, like, I think maybe you are actually the main character of a Disney Channel show. But but also then I guess I understand why you don't like sing, singing karaoke, but Chad is not that. Explain. Sir, your ego is so high. Please. You love karaoke. <laughs> Homophobia. It's just it's just terrible. Like uh the the gays would have been much better served if you had just let Kevin sing Defying Gravity. Yes. Oh my god. And saved us all the trouble of having to feel this mortification. That's queer culture. Can I yeah. sing Defying Gravity? I love that song. I've never been angrier in my life. Like, like, first of all. I didn't all, deserve that. I'm sorry. What is the name of the movie? The, the Star is Born. Born. Okay. I yeah. was like, born this way. <laughs> born this way? <laughs> like, A Star is Born is a good film, but it's deeply, deeply sad. And I will not be watching it again, personally. Whereas Wicked, I, like, wore the CD out in my car in like 2009 mm-hmm. <laughs> so can and would listen to and watch over and over i'm biased but nothing's better than musical theater sorry i simply think kevin would have been the better choice i yeah. know that you're trying that it's a it's an important narrative bit to get to the next morning where we're, we're like oh she maybe she really does love him and blah 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 but i'm like no 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 he's terrible Yep. No. So Tabitha looks over at Jughead and is like, oh, this is nice. And Jughead's like, eh. Jughead's like, I don't I care for romance. He's like, like uh, this, again, would have been a great way to explore uh, Ace Jughead. 
frick you, Cora. You ruin so many things just in so many ways. Yep. But also Betty looks at Archie and Archie looks at Betty. Yep, true. Which, that's cute. My next note is, oh God, why does it go on for so long? It's it so, long. so long. They, and then she did hate, the this run. Is a, this is a hate crime. She did the run. <laughs> like, she started doing the run and Brittany was like, don't, don't do that. Don't do the run. No, no. We were just like dying of embarrassment. Rarely have I been that upset in my life, but I was upset. And then my next note is Kevin crying. And God, I love him. But the reason why he's crying is because a hate crime was just committed against him. <laughs> Exactly. Like, how (laughs) how would you do that to our Lord and Savior, Lady Gaga? How could you do that to her? I don't know. I'm sorry. That ain't it. It's just bad. It's just like, I feel bad for Cammy because she didn't have the range. And Cammy knew she didn't have the range. Cammy's done so many great musical performances on this show, like, over the years. And I feel bad that she had to do this one because, like, it's beneath her. Mm. Like, not the song in general. Like, the song is a very good song. But the quality of this moment is beneath her, I think, at this point. And, like, if you liked it, that's fine. I hated it. And (laughs) I I, I will be expressing that opinion. And it will not change. (laughs) So the next morning, Veronica and Chad wake up after, I assume, having slept together. Please stop calling people lover. Please stop calling people lover. Good morning, lover. I told... (laughs) That happened. Oh, my God. I can't even hear you say that. I am so embarrassed every time she has to say that. (laughs) Every time she has to say that, I'm so embarrassed. I I can't. It happened last night and I looked at Brittany. I was like, that's how I'm going to greet you in the mornings. And she's no. like, uh, divorce. I will literally not like be your wife anymore. <laughs> she says that she likes having him here. So he's going to stay a little bit longer. Then Archie is trying to get people for the football team. He doesn't even give the RROTC kids a choice. Um, he's like, this is your phys ed requirement. And they're like, cool. <laughs> what if one of the kids was like, well, I-, I still like playing basketball. So actually I'd rather go into gym. Archie's like, shut up. You're in football. I think like, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. It's football now. I would take being on a football team over like just constantly having to like do random military mm-hmm. physical activity. Right. Probably. It also helps to build camaraderie between the two, between yeah, the kids. That's because true. Uh, if you're in the army, you need to like trust your unit. That's a damn good point. I like I like how they don't have to wear those weird uniforms that Kevin and Moose had to wear. Yeah. So Archie goes to Jughead's class and Kendrick and Rusty sign up. He goes to Veronica's class and two kids sign up. And by the way, Chad is still sitting in the back. Why are you so pressed? Archie just happens to be here. Like- like, uh, also, don't you have, like, a real job to do during the day? Like, don't you have a business to run? Like, I I see, like, why wouldn't you be remotely running the, like, business that you run and, like, the Wall Street stuff that you do instead of just sitting creepily staring at your wife and making her uncomfortable? Like, I don't like you. I have a prediction that eventually Chad and Archie are going to get into a screaming match and Chad's going to be like, why are you always around my wife? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And Archie's going to snap just to get Chad off of his back. And he's going to be like, I'm not trying to get with your wife. I'm sleeping with Betty. And everyone's going to be like, what? Ah! I want that to happen. Okay, but that, that's going to happen. All of my predictions are always just like I love that. drama times 10. I'm and I'm always that. surprised when it doesn't happen because this whole show is drama times 10. What the heck? My, one of my favorite tropes yeah. is like, forced love confession in in like either a screaming Mm -hmm. match or like someone else makes you say it for some reason like one of my favorite examples is uh on like season four i think of younger uh when like liza's boss 
is just like at his limit because he's realized that she's dating someone who's like his age in publishing and he he's like I don't understand why you're dating someone Mm -hmm. who's in his 40s in publishing who isn't me and then everybody else like no one else is in the room when he says that (gasps) oh no they all come in because it's his birthday and she's just like staring at him like and it's like such a gag of a moment and then I, so I want that for uh, for Betty and Archie this season. The same thing happens in one of my favorite movies yesterday as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same sort of oh, thing. It's just such a good trope. Yeah. Um. So Archie also goes to talk to Betty's class because he only needs one more person. Um. But I love that he he like just goes to the classes of his friends. Like someone in a different class is like, well, I would have joined the football team, but uh, oh oh well. You know, like he doesn't even bother going to to Kevin's. <laughs> drama class because he's like no none of those guys want to come <laughs> Purple. Like, they're they're not gonna play sports ball <laughs> so he goes to betty's class and someone says that they'll go and he's like cool what's your name bro and it turns out it's a girl and her name is britta and she's named for britta london who's one of the writers that's so cool i saw britta's like i don't uh follow britta london i probably i probably should um but she I think just I do. came up on like because you like Riverdale, here's some tweets about Riverdale on Twitter. Um, and Britta's like, I hope you enjoy the episode. You're going to meet your new favorite character this episode. And I was like, oh, all right. And then she was like, hi, I'm Britta. And I was like, she was right. I do. I love you. <laughs> I knew the second that, like, a person agreed in a helmet, I was like, it's going to be a girl. girl. It's a girl. It's it's a girl. girl. That's a girl. That's a girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So Archie's like, okay, we love you, Archie. Thank you. Say, Archie's like, yeah, not a problem. Thank you. What a ugh. roll with it. <sighs> season four and season five, Archie. Here is my heart. Here is a crown, sir. We love an equal rights king. Thank you. So Archie's like, all right, now that I have people, I need money. And so they go to a, a, <laughs> a scene with Tony, and instead they put in an actual record scratch. <laughs> Wait, that really? Was, no, that was so funny. An actual record scratch. That was so funny. You have, like, that literally, I was like, that was hilarious. <laughs> I don't know how I missed this, but I... Tony's like, um, I don't have $20,000 to give you, Archie. What the hell? <laughs> right. Like, we have some funding, but it's for something else. And Archie's like, mm, well, can you please ask Cheryl? And Tony's like, I already asked Cheryl for something. You have to ask Cheryl for something. And he's like, mm, okay. So Cheryl's like, mm, no. And Archie's like, ah, I'm going to pull the Jason card. Um, did you really think that would work? It's so weird to me that he goes to Cheryl at all. Yeah. To be honest. Like, I thought that the implication when she was just like, you have to ask, like, you have to get your own favors done, mm-hmm. basically was um go ask veronica i thought she was telling him to ask veronica yeah and he goes to cheryl and i'm like it's because he really doesn't want to go to veronica and it's funny because when he does go to veronica veronica's like oh my god of course yes of course yes it's like not even weird like of course she would like she not only has so much money but also like is nice to like nice and cares and it she wouldn't think anything of it because it's not like malicious coming from archie or and it wouldn't be malicious coming from her as an offer. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no bad blood there that would make it a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And she, like, bankrolled so much of, like, what he wanted to do for the better of the town before when they were dating. So, it like, it just wouldn't seem like a problem to me. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why Archie thought that that would, like, m- like, I understand why Archie's like, maybe Cheryl will give me money too. Sure, whatever. But he had, <laughs> pulling the Jason card, he had that, like, prepared 
Mm-hmm. It was, it, I, I don't understand why he thought, yeah, she'll definitely, she'll definitely be okay with that. Like, he walked right into it. Like, he, he deserved what he got yeah. when he walked right into it. So, the appraiser um, that Cheryl asked for is coming tomorrow. Her name is Minerva Marble. Love it. And she, she, Excellent we don't name. see her here at this point in the episode, but she's played by one of, she's played by someone from Chaos. Oh. Yeah, it's like. Uh, is it one of the, the witches? The Weird Sisters. One of the Weird Sisters. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like Tati. I thought she looked familiar. Yeah, Tati and then the girl who's now on the Winx Club and then this girl were the three weird sisters. Nice. Um, so I just looked up Minerva on a list of Archie Comics characters. Evelyn Evernever, a young girl who was acquainted with Archie and friends when they were young. Evelyn was a shy girl with a bit of an inferiority complex with tenuous relationship to the rest of the gang. Her only real friend was her doll, Minerva. <gasps> I'm good, thanks. Yeah, okay, so now I'm going to look up Marble. Marble. No Marble. Marvel, comma, mister. So that's the only Minerva on the list. So yikes, that's nerve wracking, but uh, whatever. Um, so Trucker Boy 69 says that it's so good to hear from Patty and he thought she was still mad at him. So that's something we need to figure out. You know, why is she mad at you? What did you do? Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to meet him tonight. Jughead goes to see Mr. Dreyfus, who has a Mothman mechanical statue that I assume he made. Although he's- in the story that he tells, he's never actually seen the Mothman. It's in a... It's art. Shrine. Yeah. You know who should come here? Minerva Marble. See how much it's worth. Yeah. She should appraise the the statue. So he says 30 or 40 years ago, he and his friends were hired to dig out a collapsed mine (laughs) off the lonely highway. You know, (laughs) off the lonely highway. They went to bed and Ramos was missing. The next night, Ramos was back, but Raymond was gone. And Ramos said that the Mothmen had taken him up to their spaceship and now they've taken Raymond. And they didn't believe him. Quick question. Yeah. If they live, if the, if the Mothmen simply live in the caves. Why do they Why do they need a spaceship? For anal probing. No. Say? Yes. That's where all their equipment is. Mm. For anal probing. But they live in the caves. They keep the stuff in their house. But, well, they don't have room for that, Sam. That, that That's where their furniture goes. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm you, a fool. You don't mix work and play. <laughs> <laughs> what, you think they just all have offices? Times are tough, Sam. <laughs> it's it's it, they probably are small caves. I I I I really made a mistake there. My bad. Really, please. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, Sam. <laughs> Get it together. So Ramos said that the Mothman had taken him up to their spaceship, and now they had taken Raymond. And they didn't believe him, but then Raymond came back the next day, and Arnold was gone. And Raymond said the exact same thing. But when when Ramos said that, Raymond wasn't there. And I'm like, you don't think that Raymond and Ramos like an Arnold or whatever were like punking you and <laughs> they had this prepared ahead of time. Clearly not because no. then Jughead talks about how they died, all died of cancer because of the radiation from the spaceships. But I'm like, why is Riverdale bringing aliens? Okay, but so, like, here's the thing. This is a literal plot from the X-Files. Yeah, okay. literally pretty. I've been watching the X-Files for the first time this year because I decided that 2021 was the year that I would watch all the shows that I've been putting off my entire life. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching the X-Files for the first time and I just like got past the major, um, Scully I'm assuming, cl- climax of the Scully abduction slash cancer arc. That arc never ends. I know it never ends, but it's like a high point where it's like True. revealed and all the stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're like we got past that and I looked at Brittany last night after that reveal was like, I was like, he's literally just writing the X-Files. Like the <laughs> book he's writing is the X-Files, but there's no women so far. Right. Um. So well, Tabitha. Jughead consider, well, yeah, but like she's not an abductee. Oh, sure. 
So, Jughead, consider adding a Scully to your... Don't you know that women can't help with collapsed mile minds? Like, oh. Robin, literally, Scully gets rate cancer from, like, the alien, alien space- spaceship. Like, it's radiation. literally, like, beat for beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's the the whole reason she gets cancer is because she was abducted by aliens. Right. And, like, of every abductee that she's, like, met, like, there's a group of them, have they all died of cancer, like, within a year of each other. Oh, okay. Well, there, that's, yeah, that's literally yeah. it. Yeah. So, Old Man Dreyfus is saying that he's literally using Mothman as just another word for aliens or angels. And I'm like, mm, those don't really have the same connotation, but okay. He says, <laughs> I was sure like, don't. I was like, aliens ha- brings a very clear yeah. thought to my head. And Mothman brings a very different clear thought to my head. Mothman brings me vibes of BuzzFeed Unsolved. <laughs> I literally was about to say the BuzzFeed Unsolved episode where they go and see Moth the Mothman man statue. And he just has like a big butt. <laughs> yeah, he's got a wagon. And then they just, they, and then they spend like a full two minutes talking about his butt. Yeah. I recommend it. I recommend just about any episode of uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved. It's true. I also do. Um, When I went to VidCon in 2018, the first people on my list for my meet and greet were BuzzFeed Unsolved. And I got that one. So if you want to see a picture of me with Shane and Ryan, you can. (laughs) They were really nice. Thank you. He says that they live in the woods and the caves off the highway. And Jughead's like, okay, well, I've lived here for several years and I have never heard of them. And old man Dreyfus is like, oh, okay, sorry. Uh, there's there's articles. Sorry that you uh, aren't cultured, Jughead. <laughs> Ask around, bud. Like people remember this, and I'm like, well, we'll see. All the pe- all those people are dead, but sure. Um, and he's like, well, aren't you worried that you live all by yourself? And he's like, no, I'm hoping they come for me. I'm the only one that didn't get to freaking go. And I'm like, I want to be. I want to believe. And I'm like, okay, well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Why? Like, either all your friends were in on it and then died of cancer because like i don't know they felt bad or something because of being coal miners yeah but but if not like if this is an actual alien thing why weren't you taken if you were the exact same as everybody else what's wrong with you i want to know that exactly why were you special yeah so betty and kevin are on their stakeout and they see uh (laughs) Trucker Boy 69's freighter, which is Frank View Freight Lines. I tried to look that up to see if maybe I was missing something, but I, I don't know what it, if there was a reference there. Betty confronts the guy and interrogates him. He says that he did meet her. Um, they both had jingle jangle and then they took a drive. And later... Well, if it's Frank, could that tie into Archie's uncle? Oh, maybe. Oh, sure. Oh, she. Okay, sure. But later Betty says that he was he, that he's in prison. So I'm like, okay, so it, mm. he's in jail for buying the drugs and also driving high, I guess? And, like, soliciting? Maybe? Yeah. Okay. Ultimately, he seemed like a... I mean, he does some weird, crappy things, but, like, he seemed like ultimately a, an okay guy who, like, was actually, like, trying to help Polly and didn't want to leave her on the side of the road and wanted to keep her safe, you know? I don't know. Uh, Maybe it's weird to have... um like sympathy for creepy dudes like this but he seems he seems like a kind of a genuine person maybe that was just the actor robin has sympathy for every single person who's ever been on riverdale it's true it's true (laughs) so he said that half a mile up the highway she freaked out and jumped out of the truck he tried to get her back in but it didn't work yeah so sure i guess i i'm just confused about like what she freaked out about when she was like in the truck like that makes no sense that she like had some sort of I don't know, vision or something? Why would you jump out of the... Uh, yeah, this is confusing. Or if she got a text. I thought she was high. Oh, yeah, because she still did have her phone. 
I thought she got a message from someone. That's possible. Like a scary person or? Yeah, like someone worse than Trucker Boy. Like Trucker Boy 69 probably seems like one of her regular clients. Yeah. Whereas like whoever's driving that truck with the skeleton on the front is not. But then why would she get out of the truck if she felt safe enough with Trucker Boy 69? Like that that's the part that I'm confused about that like if you're scared of something, why are you leaving this this cab, like this truck cab that you feel pretty okay in? <laughs> that's the part that I'm confused about. Like in the middle of the highway? I don't that I just don't get it. She could have been like whoever whoever is like actually controlling her could have like forced her out. Right. I mean, I think this is definitely like they could have been like, I'm watching you get out. This is definitely the part like, you know? of like part of the mystery that we're trying to solve here. And mm-hmm. I'm going to try. I'm going to remember this part. for sure. So Betty asks Alice for her help. Um, I wish we got to see this conversation. They always do this where they're like, Mom, I'm going to have a conversation with you. Oh, OK. And then they just cut away and then they say, oh, the conversation happened off screen. And I'm like, but, but I'd like to see the conversation, please. Like, please just let me see Alice's scene. Stop. Just making me assume what happened. Would you like to know my favorite part of this scene? Sure. So Betty says to Alice, mom, you better sit down. Mm -hmm. And Alice stays standing. (laughs) Yeah, she just doesn't. (laughs) She's just like, mom, you better sit down. Alice is like, oh, bet. Also, like, we're not there yet, but I just want to say that Machen's hair looks so good. (laughs) Shout out to uh, Machen and Lily's matching extensions. So the next day, Archie apologizes to the team for not having the money. There is no money for sports. And, um... I mean, if I, I would also be mad if I were those kids. I was like, why are you getting my hopes up? Right. Why did you do that? So Tony has the Vixens. She's wearing a black HBIC shirt. She said that she made it a priority in the budget. And I think that she's provoking Cheryl on purpose. Oh, yep. 100%. This is a seduction time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When um, when Cheryl shows up later, like we can talk about it more then, mm-hmm. but the smile on Tony's face, like this was 100% at least like partially bait yeah i agree for getting her to come back and like giving her a reason to like exist outside of her home yeah she's like this is the she's giving cheryl purpose for sure Mm -hmm. bringing her back out of her shell so archie's like what (laughs) and uh pretends that cheerleading isn't a sport and tony's like cheerleading is a sport um and cheryl never managed to get the vixens competing against other cheer squads so she's going to be doing that Mm mm-hmm And then Archie realizes that he could be asking Veronica for money. Then we get Ms. Bell, who's calling somebody to basically say what the school is up to. And you think, oh, my God, it's Hiram. But then you're like, oh, don't worry. It's Cheryl. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. No worries that it's just Cheryl. And then it's just Cheryl. When it's when it was like, (laughs) I was like, when we when we get the reveal that Mrs. Bell is on the phone at first, I'm like, Mrs. Bell, how dare you? You betrayer. Mm-hmm. You secret. Like, how dare you be talking to Hiram? And then it's she's talking to Cheryl, and I'm like, oh, everything's oh, fine. Oh, no, that's so sweet, actually, that she, like, kind of wants to stay connected and, like, needs to know mm-hmm. about, like, what's happening at, at the school because that's where Tony works, and, like, Tony is putting in so much work. And I'm like, oh, that's so romantic. And then later, <laughs> Miss Bell, you sneaky whore. <laughs> Miss Bell, you sneaky whore. You can cut that out, but (laughs) that's what I said. Basically, they fake us out thinking that it's Hiram here. And then later, she's on the phone again. And you're like, what? Cheryl's in the other room. How could you possibly be calling Cheryl? And then it turns out she is talking to Hiram. And I'm like, oh, Miss Bell has been in every room where it happens. And she's just like, like, get her out of there. We should have known that Miss Bell was bad. 
because she stood up for Mr. Honey. All the like romantic uh, support that I just gave to you because of the previous scene, Miss Bell, I revoke it because you're secretly also talking to Hiram, which makes you terrible. Is she getting paid by Hiram? Like, like, do, do you Probably. actually want the school to fail? Like, do you understand that you giving information to Hiram is making the school fail? Are you like, I don't actually want to retire. I want to get fired so that, like, I'm like, is that, like, what is your motivation? I don't get it. Because you're a gossip? Just because you feel like it? Explain. She is a gossip. <sighs> it's really upsetting. And then, so, so Ms. Bell tells her, and Cheryl's like, Thanks, Miss Bell, which honestly, uh, this is a very small nitpick, but like coming from Cheryl, like I really expect to hear thank you, Miss Bell. And hearing her say thanks feels too casual for me. (laughs) (laughs) So she's like, okay, anyway, hi, Miss Marble. She says the artist who painted this is basically just like really famous right now. So it could get $250,000 at an auction. Um, Cheryl, ever the strategist, asks if she could keep it for one more night to say goodbye. And she's like, that's fine. I'll come for it in the morning. And Cheryl's like, no, no, I'll have it sent over. And let me know if you want to sell anything else. Hey, quick question. Who's going to buy this portrait of some random teenage dude? I think people will just because of who painted it. Also some like creepy bougie person who's like obsessed with true crime. Right. Like, yeah, I want this picture of a dead kid. Yep. That's weird. (laughs) Oh, for sure. But, like, you know that those people exist. Yes. I do love true crime. I know that Shoni is ultimately endgame and they're not going to give us anybody on either side. But, like, mm, did anybody else get these good vibes? Is Cheryl no. and this girl? I did not. I kind of did. I've already, I respect I, you. I've already come up with some ship names. Um, Shinerva, uh, Mineral, and Blarble. <laughs> Blarble. Blarble. Gotcha. I, I'm going with Blarble. Okay, yeah, great. Blarble. Great. Um, so... Miss Marble has authenticated the original. So the one that they're that they've shown her is the original. So now they're going to mm-hmm. send her the copy and keep the actual one. We already talked about this. I, like I, Again, I'm like, why would you not yeah. just like sell the original and keep the one you did? Yeah. Like if you what, for what reason are you keeping any of the paintings that you're copying? Yeah. Um, and, and then she's crying and really she's just she's upset about Tony's betrayal. Don't worry. She's doing it for the greater good of you. It's all for you. Um, and that's part two. Uh, it took a lot less time because so much of it was taken up by the shallow performance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Which just I went on never for like in my so many minutes. Goddamn lifetime. I will. I shan't be watching it again. Just like I shan't be watching a Star Wars board again because it made me cry too much and for very different reasons. Yes. Yeah. And I did the summary for part three. So um, here we go. Betty and Alice go to the piece of the highway where Polly was last seen. They find her wallet, but not her phone. Betty's going to try and get it tracked. Archie talks to Jughead about what to do to get the football money. Veronica shows Chad the blue velvet and says, and he says that he supports her in opening her jewelry store. Alice and Betty discuss what to do about Polly. Chad tells Veronica that he thinks they should move to Riverdale full time and also reveals that he's been talking to Hiram, which is a major red flag. Archie shows up thinking Chad was gone to ask for the money. Veronica's happy to give it, but Chad wants him to renovate their apartment in return. Archie agrees and Chad, in an absolute 2009 move, says, and I quote, awesome sauce. (laughs) Ariana Jackson wrote this episode and that's who I'll be blaming for this. Yeah, fair enough. I googled that. Archie leaves. Uh, you did a great job otherwise, but awesome sauce yeah. is a cardinal sin. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guy. Please, Chad, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to do that. You had to do it with a straight face. And it's not, oh God. And it wasn't like, it wasn't the things that Hermione says where she's like, I'm a real housewife. That's funny. 
Awesome sauce well, is not funny. I mean, well, if you're applying, if you're applying, if you're auditioning to be on Riverdale yeah. in the year of our Lord 2020, um, you know what you're getting into. Don't lie. Which Lord? You know you're going to have to say awesome sauce. Sam, which um, Lord's year is 2020? <laughs> it's Jesus. 2021, my heart. <laughs> Oops. I know. They- no, but like just 2020 was trash. Audition. Oh, right. So Archie leaves and Veronica tells Chad that she doesn't like that he was rude to Archie. Chad apologizes and makes it clear that he's trash by not liking Pops. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. Like, that's how you know you can't trust a man if he doesn't like a Pops burger. So true. Jughead writes about Mr. Dreyfus at Pops and tells Tabitha about it. She offers to start investigating with him and he says the more the merrier. Betty shows up to Archie's to finish what they started. Afterwards, she gets a message from Todd, who knows where Polly's phone is. Veronica takes the liberty of packing Chad's things for him and tells him that they need to take a break. Cheryl comes to the school to confront Tony about taking over the Vixen. The Bulldogs got their new equipment and uniforms. Archie introduces Veronica, who's going by Lodge again now. Turns out Miss Bell is an actual sieve of information and is also telling Hiram about what's up. Hiram is pissed. Excellent use of the word sieve. Thank you so much. Betty finds out that Polly's phone is near Swedlow Swamp, so she, Alice, and Kevin are going to go search it. They find a body coming out of the ground with Polly's phone, and elsewhere, Archie's house is set on fire. He and Jughead are stuck inside. What an ending. What a cliffhanger. Yes, very good. <laughs> what an ending. Um, So Betty and Alice find Polly's wallet, and she has school photos of the twins in it, which is very cute. Yeah. I think Polly did her best as someone who was deeply traumatized. Yeah. Deeply traumatized and deeply unwell, mm-hmm. just like on so many levels. Yeah. Um, Jughead asks about the Bulldogs, but Archie's really struggling trying to get money. And Jughead says to never bring up the epic highs and lows of footballs again. As long as you do that, then I'll ask Tabitha. And luckily, Archie doesn't have to get money from Tabitha. But the funniest thing about this is that Jughead was not there when Archie said that, which implies that Archie has used that exact phrase multiple times, especially for him (laughs) to remember the exact phrase seven years later. Deeply upsetting. Like... Like, we know that it's simply a reference mm-hmm. to the most mocked line in Riverdale history. Yes. But you're absolutely correct. It does imply that Archie yeah. has said it multiple times. Jughead's like, sorry, I don't respect the epic highs and lows of football. I just simply do not. <laughs> so Archie's like, well, I can ask Veronica, but that would be weird, right? And Jughead goes, you know what? Embrace the weird. Jughead, oh, it was embrace so, the That weird. was such a good line. Jughead, I love you. I'm so sorry. I'm, I I love you so much. That's my boy. I am so sorry that I hated you for two episodes. Before, like in season one, he hated being weird. He said, that's the worst thing about me. I don't like being weird. And now he's like, you know what? I'm weird. I'm sometimes, a weirdo. Sometimes, sometimes things are weird and that's okay. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Sometimes they are weird. Good job. I love you, sir. <laughs> Veronica decides to, to show Chad the store and he's like, oh my God, I totally support you. And like I said earlier, she says that it's close to Sodale. Um, and I guess that's good because of the clientele, because that's the only people who could afford to buy it from her jewelry store. Yep. Yeah. Um, she says that she really loves being back here and it's good for her soul. And so Chad's like, let's have a house in both places. Should we get a new house or should we stay at the Pembroke? And Veronica's like, I am never leaving the Pembroke. And Chad's like, okay. <laughs> I respect her. But maybe we'll do some renovations. Like if I had a, if I, if I had slash since I currently do have a apartment in a high story building in a nice like part of town i simply would not want to give it up yeah so i support her you can pry that apartment for my cold dead hands <laughs> please don't die 
I'm not going to. Okay. So Alice is really scared and worried because something like officially happened to Polly, basically. Mm-hmm. But Betty says that that guy wouldn't have told them where she was if he had done something. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think she's right about that. Um, I don't I don't think you even need FBI training to put that together. Clock that trucker boy 69 had nothing to do yeah. with this. Yeah, didn't do it. He doesn't got the brain cells. We got every piece of information that we needed out of trucker boy 69. Yeah. <laughs> so she's going to get Polly's cell phone tracked. So Mondays through Thursdays, Chad is in the city and he'll be in Riverdale every other weekend. Um, Veronica will be in New York every other weekend. Chad also says that Hiram said that Chad should move to Riverdale and help manage the Sodale property. Veronica's like, huh? First of all, you're not in real estate. And second of all, why are you talking to my dad? Like how absolutely fascinating. Like he wasn't even at our wedding. Um, Yeah. How do you even, when did you even get introduced? How do you even know him? How do you know my father? But before they can get into that, Archie knocks on the door and Archie's like, oh my God, Chad, hey, you're still here. Don't tell him that you thought he would be gone. That's so sus, Archie. Yeah, that makes it look like you were coming to, like, boink Veronica. Yes, yes. So he asks Veronica for money. She immediately wants to help. And listen, once again, Veronica is just Archie's bank. But at least there's, like, a story reason now. So I'll allow it this time. And it it feels, like, to me, it feels less weird since they're not dating anymore. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, like last season was really weird for that, where it's like if Archie needed money for literally anything, Veronica would just give it to him. And I'm like, can he work for it at all? And like, but that's like the only reason they interacted. Yeah, yeah. He offers to pay her back, but she doesn't seem to want him to. And Chad's like, you mean pay us back? Because it's also my money because we're married. And Archie's like, yeah, bro, I didn't forget. Chad, I suspect you have no money. I didn't forget. She's the one lending it to me because she's the one I'm asking. Yeah. And also, like, she made all that money, Chad, so shut up. Yeah. (laughs) She literally said, like, I can't remember if it was last episode or the episode before, but she literally said that most of the money in your shared accounts is hers. So shut up. Yeah. Thanks. I think Chad secretly broke. Yeah. And I also think that he caused the accident. Yep. So he's like, "Mm, well, you don't want to be taking handouts. So how about you remodel our apartment for us? Also, it's not a handout, you prick. Veronica's like, okay, well, I know that Archie's busy, so I don't want to make him do that. Archie has, basically has to agree. Just, he, like, yeah, it just would look really bad if he didn't agree to that. The thing that I'm pissed about is that I agree that apartment needs to be remodeled. Yeah. It's so ugly. <laughs> yeah. So he's going to see if some Andrews construction guys will help. And I'm like, okay, but how will you pay them? <laughs> exactly. Um, like, are you getting extra so that you can pay for all of the, like, supplies and stuff? I hope so. I mean, oh, yeah. Because he's got to pay for labor. He's got to pay for... Oh, yeah. I have some questions. Is the only thing that he's asking him to, like, actually put in is, like, him being the person who remodels it so that they don't have to, like, go and find somebody? Like, maybe Archie's labor is free, but everyone... But they'll pay for everything else? Yeah, probably. I think that's probably... That would make sense. Archie is not trying to get with Veronica. He's just fighting Chad because Chad is rude to him. Yep. So then Chad says... Awesome sauce. Um, How do you feel about this? I'm really upset about it. I, I'm really upset about it. I I didn't even say awesome sauce when it was cool to say awesome sauce. Uh, I did. I definitely did. Yeah. It was it, like, it's 2021. You said it's 2021. And, and this man is saying awesome sauce. Not only is he saying, uh, like, say awesome sauce in the comfort of your own home with, like, with your wife and laugh about it later. Do not say awesome sauce. About something nerdy. Yeah. Do not say awesome sauce to your rival (laughs) um god yeah to the person you just hired to do i'm so embarrassed it's 2021 and another thing that i wanted to bring up is that jughead's tombstone last year said he was born in 2001 (laughs) and now you're changing up the years i can't believe no one caught that 
them being the age that they are now that they're telling me means that they were born in 1995. I was born in 1995. That's weird. But you know what? Let's embrace the weird. Embrace the stupid. It's just like Jug- Jughead had Jughead's birthday was written somewhere. <sighs> okay. Hey, Ross said that he didn't have excuse for his own True. stupidity. Okay. Um, so Veronica's like, hey, um, can you be my, be nice? Cause he's my friend. And Chad's like, I've been really great to you. And I even sang stupid karaoke. So I'm allowed to be mean to whoever I want, basically. This, this is just such a, like an abusive, like reveal too. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's so him being like, I did all these things for you. How dare you not like bend to my will? Yeah. I'm like, wait, hold up gaslighter literally and she's like oh my god sorry it was such a chore to do that like he's up there like singing that song so he's so performative he's like here i am singing my song oh look at the smile on my face i love my wife so much i'm so happy to be here you can see what acting that is who's who who's to say that he's not doing that all the time Mm -hmm. exactly and he's like and so she's like oh my god sorry that you did something that was nice for me and he's like Oh, no, it wasn't a chore. I wanted to do those for you. I didn't mean to come off so mean, except for when I'm yelling at you. I'm like, if your love language is gift giving, you're doing a crappy job because you're not allowed to say that you didn't like doing it or like acts of service or whatever. Like gift giving and acts of service is what I'm seeing here. And you're doing a really bad job because you're like, hey, I did this for you. And they're like, oh, my God, thank you. That's my love language. That means so much to me. And he'd be like, yeah, I didn't like doing it, but I did. You ruined the vibe. Exactly. What the heck? So Veronica wants to get pops, but Chad doesn't like pops. Another red flag. Dump him here. Yeah, exactly. If he if he if he doesn't like pops, he's not the boy for you. Throw the whole man away. Throw him out. Like I I understand being like, oh, I'm not really interested in like fast food like that or whatever. Okay, but like, why are you saying it in such a mean way? Especially when you know that she specifically came back here for the retirement of of pop, like somebody that she loves. Also, pops pops is a diner. But I'm sure that they serve more than one thing. Yeah. Like, you don't have to get the burger again if you didn't like it, Chad. Literally. Although, I'm, I have never had a Pops burger because it's fictional. Yeah. What? But I know that if it was available to me, it would be the best burger I ever had. Mm-hmm. So he's like, instead, let's get food from that fancy place that your dad suggested. Ew, he's so in Hiram's pocket. And it's like- Disgusting. You know that she doesn't like talking about her dad. You know that obviously she she like tensed up when you talked about him. Why do you keep bringing him up? You don't understand your wife. Like she doesn't even like her dad. Ew. She didn't invite him to your wedding. Ew. Like, whoa. Just go marry her dad Ugh. then. <laughs> Do that. If you ever started hanging out with my dad like this, I would just like immediately jail you. I would support you <laughs> in jailing me. I think it's ridiculous. Because that would mean that I'd lost my mind. That every time Veronica's like, Daddy, this is my boyfriend. Hiram's like, no, this is my boyfriend. He did it to Archie. Every time. He did it to Reggie. He's doing it to Chad. Oh, no. <laughs> it happens every time. Stop. There's something wrong with Hiram Lodge. <laughs> Hiram, date someone your own age. Stop. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so they talk about Mia's, which is the, the restaurant that they were talking about. I don't think we've ever heard of this. I feel like we have. I think it's in Sodale. I don't remember ever hearing I feel it. Like, I feel like Hiram mentioned it like before okay. at least once in conversation with Veronica or Hermione. <gasps> is that where he met Papa Poutine? No, that was at Pops. <laughs> but um, no, it was not where he was murdered in that Italian place. Papa Poutine was murdered in a hotel room. It's where they had that weird mafia meeting and Archie was there. Was yeah, Pops. that was at Pops. That was Pops? 
Yeah, remember? Because Pop was like, Papa Poutine, I made you poutine. And he's like, this poutine sucks. And Archie was like, shut up. Don't be mean to Pop. But I think he talks about like a lot of places being closed on Thanksgiving or something. And like, I feel like it's gotten mentioned. Yeah. I I feel like an Italian place has been mentioned. Yeah, because I think. I don't know if it had a name before now. He met Lenny and Carl at, at some restaurant at some point. In like season two or three. That Lenny, the Lenny and Carl thing, that's what I'm remembering. Okay, okay. Yes. Um, I'm very attached to Papa Poutine, Brittany. You need to be accurate about Papa Poutine, please. I'm so sorry, your highness. <laughs> so Jughead is writing at work again because Pops is dead, I guess. No, sorry, not Pop is dead, but Pops, the restaurant, is dead. There aren't very many people there. <laughs> that was rude, Robin. <laughs> um, and Tab- Tabitha seems really, seems really, really chill with it. He tracked down the people that that guy was talking about, and they all died from cancer. So it must be radiation from the spaceship, obviously. Obviously. Obviously, that's how spaceships work. Haven't you seen the X-Files? <laughs> Tabitha's like, oh, is that what happens? And Jughead's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's for my book. I don't care. <laughs> this, like, that one hair that they have, like, falling onto his forehead all the time. Great stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. It's almost making up for the terrible, terrible mustache. Yeah, yeah. We need to get rid of that for sure. Yeah. So he's just, like, trying to find the articles that he was talking about. And Tabitha says that she's going to help. And Jughead says that that's okay because um, Jughead's love language is sleuthing. And you can tell that they're both kind of just like, um, are you on the same page about this? Because I think she like bites her lip at some point and he like kind of looks at her special. And I'm like, okay, so is so Jugatha is happening. It's not just friendship. I feel. Yeah, they're definitely going there. I feel that Jugatha is occurring. I don't want it. <laughs> oh, I want it. Okay. I am open to it, but I currently still think she deserves better. <laughs> I think, I think that. Tabitha is going to make me like Jughead more than I've ever liked Jughead. All right. And I like, and I've liked Jughead a lot. I would say that Jughead has been an interest of yours. Yeah. (laughs) I do have a cosplay. I've I've seen it many times. It's very good. It's good. It's very good. I think it's very accurate. Thank you. It is. (laughs) Thank you for your compliments. Thank you. So Betty shows up and is like, is Jughead home? And that usually means that you want Jughead, but not this time. No, that means fuck off, Jughead. <laughs> I'm so glad that Jughead is not home. <laughs> so she's waiting to hear about Polly. So, hey, let's finish what we started. And they kiss like just straight up in the doorway. So they're getting bolder. Yeah, they're going to get caught. Sam- I-, I hope Alice is the first one to see. And she's just like, oh, all right. Oh, that's nice. Sam, what do you think about the stuff that uh, uh, on Twitter saying that this is unhealthy because Betty just goes to Archie when she needs to be distracted and is upset? What are your thoughts on that? That's not a, what? I don't think it's unhealthy. I don't think so either. Um, I don't think, I also don't think that that's like why she's going to Archie. I think she's going to like. She's really into him. She's, she likes Archie. She also likes blowing off steam by having sex with Archie, which is not unhealthy. Like they're not, neither of them are like putting parameters on this relationship that they expect anything more at this point. It's completely friends who like each other, who enjoy having sex with each other, having sex with each other. There's nothing wrong with it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, people who are who think it's unhealthy are overthinking. So Todd from the FBI gets back to Betty and she's like, hey, I had a really great time. This was very nice, but I'm going to go. And so she does. Yeah, which is a very uh, healthy exit. Interesting that it's Todd from the FBI and not Glenn from the FBI. Yeah, she's like my friend from the Academy. Or maybe... I don't know. Well, it's not not like Archie would know who Glenn is, but like in in my little like Betty Glenn brain. <laughs> well, my only 
my only thing is that we know Glenn. We've never met Todd. Right. So it it it's interesting to me that they had her like contact someone else. Yeah. Who's like a throwaway character we'll never see instead of like her friend that we already know. Yeah. Glenn. I'm here to make up Glenn slash Betty crumbs. And <laughs> therefore, even though Archie would have no idea who Glenn is and that Betty is sleeping with him, I think that she's like, oh, it's Todd, because she doesn't want to talk about Glenn. <laughs> she's like, oh, I don't want to bring up Glenn because Archie's going to be like, tell me more about Glenn and then I can't lie. Robin's a... Todd is also a male name. <laughs> Robin's a blend truther. I'm a Glenn... I'm oh. a blend truther. I'm a... What did we decide? Gleddy? Ugh. Ugh. God. That sounds horrible. I, I picked... Blend. <laughs> so, um, Veronica has had Chad's stuff packed overnight, I guess. And listen, I like I hate Chad too. I think we can all agree that we hate Chad. Mm-hmm. But this is something you probably should have like talked to him about before. Like, this isn't very nice. I know that he's also not very nice, but like, gosh, if someone was like, "Hey, uh, you're leaving, and I packed your bags for you," I'd be like, uh, I would be so sad. Yeah, that would suck. I'm not sad for him, but I would be. Uh, I'm sad for this theoretical person. I would yeah. be embarrassed to get kicked out. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, well, can you? Like, I I know we hate him. I also hate him. But, like, could you not have been like, actually, I think we should take a break and I think you should go. And he could pack his own stuff. Like, you packed his stuff for him no. and you're like, get out right now. I think she should pack his stuff for him because he's a piece of shit. And um, she needs to set authority and boundaries mm-hmm. with him so that he doesn't, like, completely run her over. Yeah. I guess I'm just, like, worried that he's then going to be like, I take this as a form of attack and you're threatening me or whatever, you know? Yeah. So she's like, hey, it's time for a break. And he's like, is it because of Archie? And I'm like, no. No. Straight up, it's not. Get a job. She's like, I'm trying to figure out who I am. <laughs> and he's like, okay, it's fine. Just let me know when you want to talk. And I'm like, okay, it's definitely not fine. No. you're, And you're not going to talk to Veronica. You're going to talk to Hiram. <gasps> Ew. Yeah. So Tony finds Cheryl in her office. And Tony was is not at all surprised. She was waiting for Cheryl to eventually show up. Um, and she's trying to bring Cheryl back out of her shell. I think that's true. And yeah. I'm excited for this. Me too. The showdown between them is going to be like epic. And they're going to fall in love again. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Literally. So all the members of the Bulldogs have a locker, cleats, pads, uniform, and thank you to Veronica Gecko. And she's like, nope, it's Lodge again. And Archie's like, okay. Archie has no idea <laughs> what happened since he left the, the day before and to now. So like, if I was Archie, I'd be like, uh, just try to like fill in the pieces. <laughs> Can you imagine? Being like, did I break them up? Oops. My power. <laughs> So Miss Bell calls again, and I'm like, well, Cheryl's here, so who could she be calling? Fake out, she's talking about Hiram. I'm not speaking to Miss Bell anymore. Yeah, relationship ended with Miss Bell. Get her out of the room where it happened. Get her out of there. She's in it every time. Get her out. She kind of is, isn't she? Fire her and get Miss Crouton back. So true. Bring back Miss Crouton. We stand. So Hiram tells Reggie that he's really pissed that Archie is using Veronica as a bank again. And you know what? I kind of get it. I don't like you, Hiram, but I understand why that would be upsetting. The thing is, it's not his money. Exactly. And also, he doesn't even understand, like, the intention behind it. Like, he doesn't know that Archie promised to pay her back or that he's, like, doing something in return or, like, whatever, you know? However, Archie renovating her house means that Archie's going to be around her a lot with Chad not there. Yep. But um, I'm so tired of Archie. Please just me let too. me have my Archie. I'm excited. I want them to be friends, you know? Like, it'd be nice yeah. to, like, just have more scenes between the two of them where they're just, like, chill. 
it it's gonna be nice. I yeah. agree. Oh, I'm super here for friendship time. Uh, I just am not interested in them ever being a romantic yeah. again. Reggie is filing his nails while he's talking to Hiram. Reggie, I love you. Please, please come he's, back. He cares about cuticle care. And um, Hiram hangs up the phone, and in his contacts on his phone, it's Riverdale High School. <laughs> I love how he has that as a contact. He's so weird. I am obsessed with Hiram in the time jump. He is absolutely hysterical. He's. I'm so glad the writers finally figured out that Mark Consuelos is yeah. really funny. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, and now I'm mad. <laughs> it's so good it's like yeah and his stupid little like eyebrow shave in like one spot yeah like you you don't scare me but you're so funny and he's like time to pay him a visit which i assume is the fire Mm -hmm. we go back to the cooper house and they're talking about how polly's phone has been found or like tracked near swedlow swamp the um blue flannel that we were talking about last episode um has now has moved chairs um it was at the island last episode and now it's at the table um which makes me feel like somebody wears it hmm how absolutely fascinating and it doesn't doesn't just stay there as decoration you know i'm just saying Hmm. somebody's wearing that who is it just wondering it's fp and or alice yep so they're gonna go to swedlow swamp and they're just gonna call her phone until they hear it um and Kevin's like, well, if it's charged, and luckily it is. Why is Kevin there? Just to give him something to do. I, I guess really, so. Like, I thought they were going to give us more explanation on why, like, why Kevin. But I guess it's just, like, we're supposed to assume that this is something that Betty and Kevin would do, like, in early high school days. And he's also helpful because, like, his dad is the sheriff, so he yeah. probably knows a few a thing or two. Well, it would be something that they do because we've seen them do it multiple times. Like Kevin helped her with the chick thing. And like, it feels like Kevin yeah. is often like her accomplice in a lot of things, which I think is really nice. It's nice to see them together again. It's just weird sometimes how it comes about out of nowhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. After like not having been a thing for a while. Right. Um. So my next note was just like, why would they go at night? But then I realized that Kevin said that they've been out for hours. So maybe they went like during the day, but they didn't want to leave. So now it just happens to be night now. I yeah. think it's that one. Mm-hmm. So they hear the phone and Kevin finds the body because Kevin always finds dead bodies, a la the pilot. Oh, he sure he's does. A, he's a corpse magnet. And um, so you can see like a hand coming up from the dirt. So whoever buried this didn't do that good of a job. No. It's also like swampland. So it could have been like a quicksand situation. Yeah. So it's Polly's phone, but I think it's Squeaky's body. I think you're right. (gasps) Oh my God, duh. Because I think there's like pictures that we've gotten from the cast, I think, of later episodes in which there's missing like Polly missing posters. We haven't seen mm. them this episode. And if this was Polly's body, then they wouldn't have missing posters. Yeah. Polly. I definitely don't think it's Polly's body, mm. but I, uh, I like that you point out that it's probably squeaky. That makes sense. Um, and to put this in with my theory from last week's episode, um, if you guys didn't listen to last week's episode, my theory is that um, the guy who the person, the, the person driving the, Mac truck, the ghost truck, is the trash bag killer. Is either the trash bag killer or someone who's working with the trash bag killer and is specifically looking for Betty because Squeaky and Polly are both white blonde women, just like Betty. Um, and so I think that it's the trash bag killer looking for Betty because Betty was the one who got away. Um, literally. Yep. Um, okay, so to to bring this into my theory, I think that Squeaky was killed because she didn't know anything about Betty, but Polly is alive because she has information about Betty. And they're gonna get that information out of Polly. Yes. I like that. Yes. But they like chucked Polly's phone with Squeaky because like they knew it could be tracked and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 
Jughead calls for Archie because there's fire on both sides of the house. Um, Archie's just sitting there writing football plays and he comes downstairs and he sees that there's flames outside, but he opens the door anyway. He's doing his best. He's never seen the office. Archie. Why is Archie constantly going against common sense? I don't understand he, this man. He's like, I'm gonna punch. He's an idiot. He's, he's an idiot. He's a himbo. He's an idiot. I'm gonna punch ice. He's stupid. It's part of his personality. That's like the first thing you learn about fire safety is that you have to put the back of your hands to the door. And if it's hot, you don't open the door. Archie, please. Did you not do any fire training in the military? Well, Maybe, maybe not. He, well, maybe he, it's it's on the outside of his house, though. So, like, maybe he's seeing if there's a way he can get out of the house before... Look through the people! <laughs> it come, before it comes through. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is definitely Reggie and Hiram. And I'm... Were they really willing to kill Archie and Jughead? Yes. Yikes. That's it. Which makes me really sad for Reggie. Me too. Because cause, cause if there was any semblance of the Reggie we knew in there, he would have tried to somehow stop Hiram from doing this. Yep. And he didn't. So that's really sad. Anyway, should we move on to segments? Bummer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so my first segment is which character needs a hug the most? Or, or which character I would hug. I would want to hug. Now, before I say anything, I want you guys to know that my honorable mention goes to Alice. So when I okay. say who my person is, I don't want to, I don't want you guys to be so heartbroken that I didn't choose Alice because obviously she also needs a hug. Okay. Okay. The person that I don't think necessarily needs a hug the most, but I think deserves a hug the most for me, at least this episode was Jughead. I wanted to give him a huge hug. I get that. Like he's just like, he go, he went through like bullying like, these kids were so mean to him. John Mulaney was right. Kids, that man has feminine hips. Oh, no, that's what? the thing I'm sensitive about. Like, they're like, what? That man has feminine hips. They figure out the thing that you're sensitive about, and they just, like, take it and and just rub your face in the dirt. And I just think he handled it so well, and um, I just wanted to give him a hug. So that's why I'm giving it to Jughead this episode. I like it. I'll allow it. Honorable mention Alice, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I support it. And my segment is, what is Sam shipping the most this episode? I'm going to still give it to Barchi because I'm having a great time. But uh, Shoni still also gets an honorable mention for that final scene because I'm just like so here for smug Tony, like using reverse psychology to get Cheryl to like be a person again. Yeah, I'm all for this. But I'm also really enjoying my Barchi feast. And my segment is, which MILF was the most badass? Tony. Why not? Yeah, Tony. It's Tony. Hell yeah. We need to bring back the MILFs. Hermione's not around. Like, didn't... didn't? Where are my MILFs? Where's Mary? Well, we're, I know that they were getting rid of Marisol, but now she's coming back, right? Like, I thought... Like, Marisol was supposed to also, leave with Skeet, but now she's not. Also, if Alice is the only, like, parent Dale that you're gonna have around, like, regularly besides Hiram... And Tom. And Tom. Give Alice more to do. Yeah. yeah. Like, she was here for maybe five minutes of the episode. Where's Penelope? Yeah, where is Penelope? Still in jail? If so, bring it up. I want to hear bring it. Bring back my MILFs. Yeah. <laughs> bring back <laughs> my, my MILFs. MILFs. <laughs> Uh, and my other segment is, did anyone mention FP? And um, his shirt's still here, so yeah. 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 And now for our best line award. My best line award goes to Archie for... Reggie, you scumbag. <laughs> See, Absolutely this is, iconic. This is the kind the the semi cringy line that I'll allow. Yeah, this is good. That's good stuff. It works. Uh, and my favorite line goes to Jughead and Tabitha for 
They were all exposed to the same radiation on the spaceship. Hmm? Ah, is that what happens when you go aboard a spaceship? Oh, I have no idea, but it makes a great story. Because um, that just seemed on brand for me, uh, having being a spaceship aficionado. Yeah. And a story mm -hmm. aficionado. Mm -hmm. And my favorite line award goes to Kevin and Betty for... Who was the last person she contacted? Someone named Trucker Boy 69. Trucker Boy yeah. 69. Trucker Boy 69. Because I just think that's funny and I'm a deeply predictable person and I'm very much a child. It's so yeah. funny. Trucker Boy 69 is the funniest <laughs> username they could have picked. Like, you know that that guy was like, hmm, what should I choose? Okay, Trucker Boy for sure. And they're like, mm, how about Trucker Boy 1? And he's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I know exactly what it's going to be. Trucker Boy is not available. How about Trucker Boy 1? No, I'm good. <laughs> He just, you know what happened is he actually just tried them all until 69 was Until great. he got to 69. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, can't believe this one wasn't taken. <laughs> Lucky. Okay, so now it's time for our trailer reaction. Um, The next episode is called Fire in the Sky. It's episode 507. And like we said, there is a hiatus, which, of course, you know, because this episode's coming out on Wednesday instead of Monday. <laughs> the little blurb for it is, following in his Grandpa Artie's footsteps. Never knew that Grandpa Artie was a, was a firefighter. I don't think we ever said that. Archie mm. begins to recruit Riverdale's new volunteer fire department. Tony's attempt to lure Cheryl out of Thornhill and back into daily life in Riverdale leads to more tension between the two. Ooh. Elsewhere, Betty, Alice, and Kevin's latest investigation leads them into conflict with Hiram. How? Finally, as Veronica comes up with a risky plan to support Riverdale's local businesses, Jughead and Tabitha begin to unravel an old mystery surrounding some strange sightings in the town. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm on board. And it's written by Ted, Um, and I... I think that we we historically like Ted's episodes, so I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Three, two, one, play. Something bad. When I like that lighting. Yeah. <gasps> you know what that means. The story of my life. Bum, bum, bum. Did you see that morgue? <laughs> personal. Mm -hmm. Did you see that morgue? It's your boy. It's your boy. What if it's, okay, <laughs> what if it's Dr. Colonel Jr. Junior, Junior Junior? Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I will kill you. Junior, junior. Okay, so this cool lighting we have here is Pops. And um, somebody, I guess, is coming in here. Uh, I, It's Pops. It's a Mothman. So it makes me feel, yeah, it's probably the Mothman coming for Jughead. It's a dream. I'm picking it up right now. It's a dream. Because Jughead's wearing okay. that dumbass hat. <laughs> and he doesn't do that. He's wearing the hat. That's I true. assume this is Jughead. And at, at, at the bottom there, I was like, oh, there's marbles all over the ground. Like, are we are we implicating Miss Marble in this? But I actually think this is gumballs. And they <laughs> oh. probably like, I, I think there's a gumball machine. Yeah, yeah, there's a gumball machine. And so someone probably smashed that and there's gumballs on the ground. Anyway, I love it. It looks uh, very cinematic. Um, something bad is happening. Betty goes to the morgue to see what I assume is Squeaky's body. And if that's not Dr. Curdle Jr., I will. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I will not be joining the podcast next week if it's not. Oh, all right. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Jughead and Tabitha are doing something. I think this is the first time that we're seeing Tabitha with her hair down. Maybe that's part of why I Jughead like likes her because she has a ponytail. And like out of uniform. Yeah. Oh, what is he saying about an autopsy? Alien autopsy. <laughs> Again, this is just the X-Files. <laughs> this show is so dumb. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, Jughead and Tabitha are talking to somebody about an alien autopsy. Riverdale uh, going more X-Files is very appealing to me. Oh, yeah, I'm fine with this. Riverdale register Mothman mystery I assume this is like an a, an old one that Jughead finally found the um the thing for like the like the articles that he was looking for. Yeah, maybe, but I can't tell whose hand is holding it. They are wearing a black nail polish. 
Archie says. Looking for a few good men. How dare you? Britta's right there. Britta's right there. <laughs> Training at the El Royale and Corporal Jackson is here. I assume he has a prosthetic and you can kind of tell in the wide that one of his pant legs is more filled out than the other. And I know that this actor ha probably has been using this prosthetic for a long time, but like timeline wise, didn't Corporal Jackson like just lose his leg? Don't you have to go through like some extensive physical therapy to like learn how to use a prosthetic leg? Yes. All right, I'm willing. <laughs> sure. Okay, Riverdale. It's Riverdale. Yeah. Seven years happens in a single year. He can learn. They're training and they're all wearing the um, firefighter uniform. So this isn't, I assume this is not the football team. This is like actual adult men, I think. I would hope so. I like the Corporal Jackson showed up and Archie's just like, I need people to be firefighters. And he's like, okay, I guess I'm here. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm out. Sure. All right, thanks. I definitely think it's two different like sets of people, but Archie like being Archie and taking on. Right. Every plate that he can, uh, every single thing he can add to his plate. Yeah. Um, Kevin says story of my life while he and Fangs drink at the White Worm. There is a fire explosion. And I would think for a second, I thought it was maybe training, but the people in the background look like normal people. So I think something bad just happened. There's just been an actual, oh yeah, yeah. It's like the Riverdale, it's covered in graffiti. I can't exactly tell exactly what building this is, but I guess we'll find out. Veronica has Veronica dollars. Oh, river dollars. Veronica dollars. It says 50 river dollars and she's in, what, what? I don't know what that's going to be about. I hope it's a casino. Oh yeah. Cheryl and Tony are going to have a dance off because that's how Cheryl likes to figure herself out. And also I see in the background, there's this new girl who is, I remember seeing things on Twitter about how she's going to be a new character. I don't remember what her name is, but she's coming up, I guess. I'm excited about the dance off because I love Shoni. The rest of the trailer is basically just Cheryl's dance off. <laughs> and that's it. Oh, this show. Riverdale oh. said, hey, y'all want to cringe today? I said, no. Mm, but okay. I said, you're going to do it anyway. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you're so inclined, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be cool. Recommend us to a friend. Thanks. That sounds cute. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we'd like to talk about that show too. Cool. We are currently covering season three, uh, which is my favorite season so far. And hopefully by the time we're done with it, season four will be out. If you're a fan of Lost, we'd like to talk about that show too. We did all of season one, all of season two. We are in the middle of season three. It is spoiler free. And also if you live in the UK, uh, Lost is now on Disney+. Plus. So go and watch it. You can watch um, episode by episode with us if you want to. Like I said, it is spoiler free and we also have guests. So if you are a fan, um, hit me up and maybe we can find an episode for you to be on. It truly is the blueprint of modern television. Please, you're going to want to be here. She, she's right. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. We, uh, Robert and I are currently covering the seasons that were actually pretty good um, after going down in flames. Yep. Uh, so we've going, gone back to cover the seasons that we actually liked the most. Um, so we're currently covering season three. So come check that out. If you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that whole franchise. We have a Star Trek Picard podcast, uh, which covers all of season one of Star Trek Picard. And we're going to be doing some other things on that feed eventually. <laughs> you can follow the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. And Robin makes gifts of her favorite line awards on Tumblr, which is still a website. Please support me. <laughs> 
Our Patreon yes. is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because oof, it's expensive. Earlier in the podcast, we told you a little bit more about uh, the perks that we currently have. And then like within the next, I want to say month, we're going to have three new perk tiers that you are definitely going to want to check out. So um, we hope you do. And we appreciate you. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. Yep, that's yep. how you spell your name. Sure. Yep. <laughs> that's okay. how it's spelled. If if you can't figure it out, then neither can I. <laughs> so true, honey. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. Um, our next episode is episode 507. It is called Fire in the Sky, which is a 1993 American biopic science fiction mystery film. Um, cool. Love it. They always just give the most adjectives. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It is based on Travis Walton's book, The Walton Experience, which describes an extraterrestrial abduction. So that makes sense. The theme here fits way more with what I was I was personally reminded of with reading the title, uh, which is just Fire Walk With Me from Twin Peaks. Right. Uh, or like wasn't uh wasn't that an episode or uh, an episode of Riverdale was called that? Did we did we have that one already? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I like I like how you're like, oh, fire in the sky. Yeah, that that's about because they're because they're becoming firefighters. And then you read it and you're like, oh, I see there are multiple levels here. <laughs> okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye.